This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number here for you, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. And once again, freetalklive.com. And those features are free. Unlike the other talk show hosts in this business, a lot of them will charge you five, six, seven, eight bucks a month for their sites. You'll find probably more at freetalklive.com that is free than you'll find behind the paywalls on those other sites. So go see for yourself. Get interactive. Freetalklive.com. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. All right. So to start things out here, uh, I saw a post from Radley Balco over at his blog, The Agitator, uh, where he links to StarTribune.com from Minneapolis. A North uh, Minneapolis woman whose dog was shot 10 times. Now, who do you think the culprit is? I suspect uh, the police. It seems to be a rash of dog shootings going on uh, amongst the law enforcement community. You would be correct. It was the Minneapolis police. And in addition to shooting their dog 10 times, their house was ransacked by the police officers. This lady has sued the department, alleging the incident earlier this year was set off after a failed police pursuit of her fugitive brother. One officer was hit in the leg by a stray bullet as a trio of officers shot the dog on the night of March 30th. And in the confusion that followed, a large group of officers arriving at the scene thought someone in the house had shot the officer, according to the suit. They ha- he had himself. Yeah, it's a ricochet. <laughs> the suit charges that enraged officers then ransacked the house, breaking windows and doors, damaging furniture, ripping a large screen TV from the wall, and dumping a fish tank onto the floor, killing the children's pet fish and hermit crabs. Leah Anderson's suit, filed May 24th in U.S. District Court, alleges violations of her constitutional and civil rights and asks for compensatory and punitive damages of at least $300,000. Now, whether or not she'll be successful in her suit is another question, but it's interesting, the complaint here and getting the side of the story of, uh, of what happened besides what the police are saying. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm unsurprised uh, at, this, at this story. I mean, we've read so many stories where police have, uh, you know, just it seems it seems as a matter of course, gone in and shot the family dog. Uh, you know, it, I suppose one can can understand it if you're talking about a legitimate raid where you go in and there's some kind of, you know, bad dog or something like that. But, you know, so often these raids, there's 40,000 raids a year, as I understand, in the United States. And that mm-hmm. means that some of them are going to be on bad addresses where, you know, nobody nobody knows anything about what these people are talking about. And they go in, they shoot the dog, and then they ask questions later. And I, I really, I'm not surprised. I mean, ricochets happen all the time. The officer gets it in the leg. You know, when it comes to officers being harmed in the line of duty, police are they're they're you know very very uh, you know emotional about that, and I wouldn't be surprised at all that they took it out on you know the bad bad concrete floor that bounced a bullet back into this guy's leg after he had executed the dog. You know, in this case, uh, there's an interesting detail here. Apparently. What was going on at the house when the police arrived had been a funeral. So the cops literally rolled up on somebody, the end of somebody's funeral, and then proceeded to ice the family dog on the spot. So there you were want people. To talk about the ni- a nice little cap uh, to the day there were... for all the young people there, the, the you know like small child who's already having enough time uh, of a difficult time losing a loved one, perhaps, and then all of a sudden the dog just gets taken out by the marauding cops so when did they ransack the house did they clear everybody out and then ransack the house or? yeah i believe that it was later on let me give you some more details here according to uh, the star tribune about nine thirty, 
um, the lawsuit being filed by Leah Anderson. Her brother, a convicted sex offender named Roosevelt Montgomery, came to the house uninvited. He had fled his halfway home and, unknown to Anderson, was fleeing police officers. He was told to leave and ran out the back door. Moments later, three police officers who were in pursuit of Montgomery arrived. Later that night, police said the three were the three were working with Department of Corrections officers on the pursuit. As Anderson's husband met the officers in the front yard, the family's eight-month-old pit bull appeared. Anderson's husband said he would be he would collect the dog and called for it, but the officers called out "pit bull" and began shooting, striking the dog in the head, legs, and body, and fatally injuring it. According to the suit, pit bulls have such a bad name. They do. It's not it's fair. Sad. It's not yeah. fair. It's the deed, not the breed. You know. Um, it, you know. Certainly, certainly, it's a powerful animal. But so was a Rottweiler. So were lots of other breeds. Sure. Right. Right. I mean, I had a, a pit bull at one time. Briefly, it died uh, due to internal organ failure very early on in its life. But- I'd hate to see if they could do this to people. Make judgments upon skin color or something like that. Right. I mean, well, you they, know, black kind of do. I mean, really? It's, crazy. it's insane. It's so, just bigotry. It's I had a mean this. golden retriever, and golden retrievers are thought of as a very nice family breed. Generally known to but be. But my dad beat it so much that it was quite mean. Yeah. yeah. To so, strangers. The dog comes out, they yell pit bull, start blasting, and during this process is when a bullet or a bullet fragment struck one of the officers in the leg. And also, our poor heroes. Apparently, another dog came out and was also shot—not to death, but shot and wounded. So they they killed one dog and wounded another one of the family's dogs. The officers radioed that one of them had been shot, and soon, approximately thirty officers arrived at the house. According to the suit, Anderson and her family and guests were handcuffed or placed on the ground before they were led away. Anderson said she discovered damage to her home when she returned several hours later. So, yes, they did clean the the place out of all of its occupants. She said she then met with Minneapolis Police Sergeant uh, Jerry Wallerick to complain. According to the lawsuit, he told her that the police action was done out of revenge due to the police officer's mistaken assumption that someone in the house had fired at them and advised her to sue the department to recover her losses. Wow. I mean, if it's true that this officer was so brazen as to tell her... Just to openly tell her that, yeah, we trashed your house, lady, because... Uh, well, we it's not we at, at that point. He says to sue the department. I mean, it sounds like a them situation. Well, just because he says sue the department doesn't mean that he's seriously trying to help her or anything Maybe like that. Maybe he's mocking her right. because suing the department would be so difficult. I Absolutely. Tend oh, yeah, to think yeah, not. I feel like there's a problem. Sue the department. He wouldn't give her that information. Um, you know, he, he wouldn't have given her that advice. No, I don't I think can tell you, sex. Mark, I've seen plenty of cops... Uh, just sort sure, of but you don't know what every blow cop's people, act like. blow somebody off with this that guy line. could very well be, uh, you know, very well be shocked by what happened. Like he said it was a revenge tactic and then advised her to sue the department. It's her claim that he said that. Yeah, sounds like a big mess up. Maybe you should just sue the department. Now, that's a brush off. But, you know, lady, this looks like revenge and I'd sue the department if I were you. That sounds to me like advice from somebody who was you know shocked by what they saw i don't know about that the following afternoon on march 31st several officers who did not have a search warrant returned to anderson's home they threatened the home's occupants use a racial epithet and told one person that it was lucky it wasn't dark outside or they would put that individual in the hospital anderson then called the police sergeant who told her to hand the phone to one of the officers he claims in her suit, or she claims rather in her suit, that she could overhear Wallerick telling the officers that they didn't have a warrant and should leave the home immediately. 
The Minneapolis Police Department's policy and procedure manual states that any damage that occurs to an occupant's home during a search must be reported to a supervisor and photographed. The officer's alleged language would be in a violation of the department's professional code of conduct, and the manual also states that while serving a search warrant, officers must return a house to some semblance of order with drawers placed back in dressers and so on. So this is interesting. They actually do have uh, specifications in their manual about how things are supposed to go. Of course, we always uh, see instances of the police violating their own code and ordinances and statutes and never being held accountable for it. So while it sounds like this woman may have a case from the perspective of how the law is written, or in this case how the uh, the ordinances that govern the police department ostensibly are written, ultimately it will likely be the police department that decides whether or not the police department has violated its own ordinances. Uh, and, you know, nine times out of ten, they completely exonerate Does themselves. Does she have a lawyer? Uh, that's not made clear in this piece. She's got a lawyer. That your chances are pretty good on this one, it seems to me. She likely does have a lawyer as she is filing a suit in district court and or U.S. district court. And uh, I think that people also, when they see a, you know an them. innocent person's dog executed, that that's going to play real well with a jury. Yeah. No doubt, but of course the police could also claim that they were in danger, as they likely will. They will claim that they're, you know, we felt we were in fear for our lives, so we had to shoot the dog, shoot it ten times. Sure. Why is the house trashed? Well, they, they might claim that the, the door was unlocked, so some uh, thugs You took came everybody in. out. Right. Yeah. So some thugs could have come in after the police. That's uh, right. There. Yeah. They don't have evidence that the cops trashed the house. 855-450-FREE, SACL CAI toll free line. Just like in that one story where the cops stole uh, $7,500 from that lady, they didn't have evidence to prove that it was the cop that, uh, that did it. He came into the car after hours and took it. More coming up. Free talk. Do you ever have connectivity problems due to poor Wi-Fi reception? I have an amazing solution for you. C-Crane's Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna 3. It can provide connectivity for up to a mile. We're using it at my house, and I can't describe it as anything but stunning. This antenna will change your life. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane company, their products are the best. I highly endorse the C-Crane company. Get your Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna at ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so if you want, you can sign up for our news updates. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up. You can follow us via email, Twitter, or Facebook, whichever method works best for you. News.freetalklive.com will take you there. Uh, to get you on board. actually sent out a news update earlier today uh, regarding our brand newest affiliate, which is uh, WVKO in Columbus, Ohio. They are going to be coming on board for Saturday early mornings, uh, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. So people will be able to probably listen to our Friday show early Saturday mornings in Columbus, which that's pretty cool. So On their way to church. Uh, Saturday? I don't know if there's that many. Just the Seventh-day Adventist. Go ahead. Uh, okay, so there you go. Uh, that You'll find out that stuff when it happens if you're over at news.freetalklive.com. Coming up in less than one week, one week from today, Free Talk Live will be begin. Actually, excuse me, six days from today, Free Talk Live will begin broadcasting live from the Porcupine Freedom Festival because Mark, you, and Stephanie will be doing the Sunday edition of the show. 
uh, presuming you can figure out how to get all the equipment hooked up uh, without me. That's funny. Uh, you'll be you'll be doing the Sunday edition uh, live from Porkfest. Stephanie's some kind of genius. She'll figure it out. She is a uh, total genius for sure. And uh, then I'll be coming up Monday, and that's when a lot of people will begin uh, coming to the park. And, of course, people are going to be arriving all week long. And the best part about Porkfest is the people. It's bringing people that love liberty together into the same place. In this case, it's Rogers Campground in northern New Hampshire with beautiful sight uh, vistas of the White Mountains. It's just an incredible location. Uh, but more incredible than that are the great folks that are around, hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people getting to know one another, old friends seeing old friends, meeting new friends, etc., and uh, having a good time while doing it. Family activities, adult parties, uh, it's going to be an absolute blast. You can go to Porkfest.com, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T, Porkfest.com, and learn more about the event. It is not too late to get registered. I believe it is still $35 for the entire week. Plus, you're going to have to pay a camping fee as well uh, to rent a spot. And as I understand it, the park is sold out. Uh, that's what I heard today. Yeah, there's people, uh, you know, people with little spots to to rent. So if you show up, you'll be able to, uh, you know, find someplace. You can still probably find a, a space, uh, even if you're just now getting registered for the event. Uh, plus, there are also hotels in Lancaster at which you could stay. And I believe there's another campground somewhere around there, as I think I've heard that. Uh, so there are other options. You can still be in the vicinity of the Porcupine Freedom I'd Festival. I'd show up with my sleeping bag and inflatable mattress and tent and expect to find some place there. Odds are good you're going to find something. I mean, there's usually ways to hook up with folks that are looking to uh, part out their campsites and things like that. So, so people are just helpful. Yeah, and there's a forum that you can link to from the Porkfest website, porkfest.com, and those are places where you can find those folks. Once again, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Looking forward to uh, meeting and uh, new folks and seeing old friends, etc. Uh, so 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We're talking about the police killing dogs again. Uh, in this case, it's a story out of Minneapolis where a dog has been shot 10 times, and then there's another dog that was also shot and wounded. The dog shot 10 times is obviously no longer with us. Uh, and, of course, this family in question hadn't done anything wrong. They, uh, It was not a mistaken drug raid or anything. As these normally are drug raids or mistaken drug raids. In this case, the cops were... Uh, this is like a hot pursuit situation. Yeah, they were looking for a guy who was actually part of the family of this house but he doesn't. He doesn't live there. Uh, he had come. I wonder to if a anybody funeral. thinks that, that that part makes it okay, or makes it more understandable. That it was hot pursuit. Yeah. No, it's not okay to just shoot. I didn't somebody's ask dog. you. I said I wonder if somebody else. Uh, Maybe they okay. do, and I'm telling them no. It's not okay to just shoot somebody's dog, even if you're pursuing someone. Yeah, I, I'm sure there's lots of people out there that think it's okay. Well, they aren't the ones with dead dogs, right. that's for sure, right? <laughs> I mean, I can only imagine what it would be like to have police officers come in my house and shoot my dog. Horrifying. I mean, it would be horrifying. It would really upset and my wife Jack? and my child. Yeah. I mean, you know, my son wants that dog to sleep with him every single night. Right. I mean, he, does, he doesn't, and, and nap time, he doesn't go to sleep without that dog in his room. Aww. And so, I mean, I can only imagine what that would be like for the dog. Uh, Devastating. It, yeah, it'd be devastating. Devastating. To, and, and you know what? They probably, how could you keep the kids from seeing this? There was family all over the place at this funeral. Um, you know, the cops come in, bang, 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 10 shots. How could anybody uh, have avoided seeing this? So the kids see this dog turned into what I can only assume is hamburger by well, 10 shots. Well, plus, think about this. One of the officers got hit in the leg by a ricochet. 
What if that had been one of the children? What if that had been one of the people at the uh, the funeral? It could very well have been. Well, I can tell you what, the cops wouldn't trash their house and um, you know shot their dog ten times if that's what would have happened. No, well, the dog would have already been shot. Yes, I'm but they would have shot the ten shots. times. They shot the dog ten times after the, the ricochet occurred. Uh, are you sure about that? I don't know if that's the case. Well, no, that was I believe what the that, story uh, sounded like. No, I believe the story said that they were shooting ten times and one of those ten shots was the ricochet. I thought it was uh, the first shot was the ricochet, and then um, you know after that they no. made some kind of recompense. Uh, no, it was after the after the shooting happened was when they called the the other cops in. The other thirty officers then arrived at the location, proceeded to handcuff everyone at the funeral, and then shuffled them away. Good thing they had enough police officers to handle this uh, situation. I mean, they were in hot pursuit. They missed this guy. They were only moments behind this guy, according to the story. Yeah. So then they decide not to go after the you know convicted sex offender who's absconded from uh, work release, but to instead to punish this family in some way for I don't know the having a rock in the wrong place when they shot when they executed their dog so that you know a ricochet hit the guy in the leg. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's nuts. Your thoughts are certainly welcome at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, But that's not the only police insanity-related news. Uh, There's also a story out of Chicago where the Huffington Post is reporting that a man who yelled an expletive at former Mayor Richard Daley on his final day in office has been sentenced to three years in prison. What? for, For cussing at the mayor? Jana's Kupchinski. How long ago was Daly the mayor? Uh, this would have been 2011. May 13, 2011 was when this event happened. Janusz Kopsinski, age 31, yelled, F the mayor! And spat in the mayor's general direction as a crowd gathered outside City Hall as Daly left one last time as mayor on May 13, 2011, according to the Chicago Sun-Times. Now, spitting is considered assault. Um, you know, he generally. spat in his general direction. I'm just saying that— it didn't say that he spat on him. If they could somehow convince a jury that, uh, that you know, the spitting was intended to hit the mayor as opposed to just, you know, showing one's attitude towards the mayor, then, you know, I suppose that might be it. At I least. would be pretty upset if someone spit on me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, and in this, that's not uh, alleged in this, this case. World of uh, communicable diseases. Police officers proceeded to request identification, causing Kupsinski to run. Police made chase, and one of the officers was grazed by a moving CTA bus during the pursuit. <laughs> okay. The officer sustained minor, non-life-threatening abrasions in the grazing, but the injury was enough for charges against Kupsinski to be elevated from misdemeanor resisting arrest. So it's the guy's fault that the officer chased him. Now, it's one thing, you know, I can. No, that's what they're saying. No, that's no. Three years in prison. It went from misdemeanor resisting to felony resisting. 855-450-FREE. If the officer stubs his toe, does it also years become ago, a felony? 2007. It says here it was 2011. Okay, okay there's a sixth term. There's a sixth term. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. MindThings.com is a fun online game that pits you against people around the world to mine for scarce resources. Do business in a capitalist economy with virtually mined gold tax-free. You could be a trader doing business between cities, a pirate lying in wait for hapless traders, a guard capturing pirates, or one of nine other professions. It doesn't require a big-time commitment. Your mining robots work whether you're logged in or not. It costs nothing to play, but you can buy bonuses. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MindThings.com. Use coupon code FTL. Double your mining speed. It's free. MindThings.com. 
is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want, toll free, and dial in at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Here with you, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. And join us over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features waiting for you there. We've got live streams, including... Broadband, mid-band, and narrow-band versions of the show. In addition to that, you can find over 108 radio stations that carry this program on the AM or FM band across the country. We will list those for you. And in addition to that, we've got XM Satellite Radio, plus our free-to-air KU band satellite channel, the webcam, and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone. They can dial long distance and listen that way. Head to listen.freetalklive.com to learn more about how to get tuned in. That's listen.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI, the sponsor of our phone lines. Uh, the principal over there, Jason Osborne, wants to remind you the, to share your favorite episode of Free Talk Live every week. Um, you know, once a week, it's all we ask on Twitter, Facebook. Spread the, uh, you know, spread the ideas of liberty around. Free Talk Live is a uh, is a great way for sort of the average person to find out more about the ideas of freedom, and. You can also find out about Cycle CAI by going to their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. We'll come C- back. Oh, Cycle CAI, CAI. yes, yeah, indeed. Right. We'll come back, uh, talk more about Janos Kapsinski, who's now going to prison for three years for yelling F the mayor. So did he uh, plea out here? Uh, well, I can give you more information about it in a moment here, but I want to make sure we can get Zach on the line first in Florida, because uh, you can bring up anything you want. Zach calling from Bradenton. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, you? Hey, what's on your mind? Yeah, I just uh, I found an interesting article online today that was uh, about. I'm sorry, it's a little someone's coming off guard. It was about a uh, a law passed in Indiana. It's called uh, Senate Enrolled Act Number One, which states that it is now legal to defend yourself against unlawful entry from either public service or police. I have seen a couple of rulings like this, uh, you know, throughout the years. Uh, there was, I think, one in, uh, in Michigan not too long ago, too. But I think that the uh, the differences between whatever the ruling is and the practical application thereof. Well, I guess you can make that distinction. I really wouldn't. I really wouldn't want to test the law. Yeah, you know, right. Because you'd be testing nine millimeter bullets after that. Yeah, but uh, I guess it's in response to the uh, Supreme Court ruling that. Happened fairly recently, and which, which one is that? I found that they had no right to to stop even in lawful entry. Hmm. Yeah, that was uh, the last year or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold I on, was that Supreme Court in Indiana or was that the U.S. Supreme it was Court? Indiana, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was the U.S. Supreme Court, but this is an Indiana state law that passed. So the Indiana, I think it was state, an Indiana um, Supreme Court ruling. The Indiana state legislators are trying to overturn the Supreme Court. Well, they already did pass the law. I, I don't know if they're trying to overturn, but the effect would be of such. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the, the legislators are completely within their rights to do such a thing and to pass a law. And, and then, that, of course, the court can just overturn that again, right? Assuming that they find the law unconstitutional, but Which if there, would, wasn't a law, there wasn't a law in that place at, at, you know, at that time. Mm-hmm. Zach, thanks for sharing that. Anything else on your mind? Oh, that's really it. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's talk to Tremolo listening in Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live Tremolo with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hey, how you guys doing? What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I just want to um, talk about a little bit what's going on down uh, down in um, Atlanta. Uh, the the past uh, Creflo Dollar Jr. Uh, this weekend was arrested for choking his 15 year old daughter. And uh, the reason why I bring this up is because this is in the black community and uh, specifically the uh, black Christian community. The um, the children are pretty much the biggest uh, uh, victims. 
and and uh, such scandals. And uh, I grew up in a religious home, in a, in a black Southern Baptist uh, religious home. And uh, and uh, outside of just regular discipline, there were acts like this. And um, I brought this up to you guys because um, basically it's uh, it's another one of those uh, uh, religious type uh, issues that will just go unfounded and uh, 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 just be covered up. And and specifically, this fifteen year old girl was choked by her father, who was a mega big mega time. church. Yeah, it was actually, it's funny that you bring that up. I I hadn't heard of the story until uh, as you were talking about it. It was over in the sidebar on Huffington Post. So we've got some of the details on this. Now, you're calling from Virginia. So, uh, I mean, this is, are, are you familiar with the mega church? Like you knew who this guy was before this or was oh, this? Yeah. Well, uh, I'm, I'm currently 32, but I grew up in the church. I mean, in the black church uh, four times a week and all that. And I've uh, since. <laughs> You know, since I was about 28, 29, I walked away from the church, and uh, I, I just see, you know, things for what they are. Just and, hold on uh, a second. Let me oh, see if I can clarify something. You grew up in this particular guy's church down no, in no, not, not Georgia? His, not this church, but the uh, uh, the, the church in general, the uh, uh, black uh, Southern Baptist church. Oh, okay. I was like, so, wait, wait a minute. What is the black church? I mean, I've seen, <laughs> I think black people probably go to different churches. So, uh, <laughs> We've been to a black church and uh, heard some uh, choirs singing. That's a black church for you. I mean, it's the same thing. All uh, religions, of course, have their uh, places where they go and uh, worship, but worship is a little different, and the rules are, uh, and, and uh, the societal rules, I guess, are a little different. There's uh, certain uh, uh, norms in a, uh, a black church and a uh, white church, regardless if it's, uh, you know, Catholic or uh, Episcopalian or Baptist and you know, things of that nature, all Christianity. But I'm just, uh, I just recite that because I'm, I'm just familiar with the inner workings of the church. I mean, I just... Um, I was really deep in this, and I was, uh, you know, pegged. And you're saying you're uh, not surprised. uh, This is not a surprise to you at all. Oh, not not at all, not at all. And I just I just wanted to um, uh, shed some light that uh, in in the black and Latino community, uh, uh, um, the church is very important, of course. But it seems that there's uh, a a slight a a slight resistance that seems to be uh, rising because um, just a few years ago, I mean, as far as I know, I'm I'm an atheist. And uh, I am the only black atheist that I know. There's got to be a couple uh, more. Excuse me? There have to be a couple more. Oh, I know there is. I know there is. So I'm talking about uh, personally. Right. Personally. You know, uh, and my, my uh, whole family, of course, uh, I'm the, uh, the evil one, the, you know, cast is, off and all that. Is it possible is that it's one of those things where you're just not saying that you're an atheist? Or are you out there, like, out and out in front of uh, other folks saying that you're an atheist? Because it could just be you've got more multiple atheists who are too afraid of what people are going to think, so they're just uh, keeping well, quiet. Well, it's, it's kind of a balancing act because uh, if you want to do anything in a, in a, in a nation that appears to be, uh, well, to me, seems to be, even though everyone is not Christian, you can alienate yourself by, you know, uh, uh, admitting that you're an uh, you're an atheist in certain situations. This is absolutely uh, true. Uh, I used to sell radio in Sarasota, Florida, on you know local radio stations there, and I would have never told these people what I thought about religion and the Bible and that kind of thing. Um, I mean, to some extent, you have to mirror your customer. And- sure, sure. But what, but what about family members? I mean, is it coming up there at all? Well, uh, when I first made the decision that I was like, you know what, this is uh, just out of hand, I couldn't take it, um, I was on a, a, a war path. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit brazen, and, um, and I have, I don't know if you call it uh, uh, courage, sometimes there's a little bit of ignorance inside of it, but, you know, once I figured something out, um, I, I, well, when I was a little younger, I, you know, I, I, you know, I wore it on my chest. Yeah, you ran with you it. Know? And, uh, and I, I definitely felt the ramifications of that. You know, um, a lot of family members, you know, feel that, 
I, I'm lost, and I, I understand of that course. now. I'm <laughs> just in space now, you know. Uh, and uh, and I'm one of the ones that you know typically like that type of attention per se, uh, but not but not in a hurtful way. You know what I'm saying? But um, I, I do, but um, I, I do hang out and uh, try to uh, you know chill with uh, folks that um, show you know certain uh, uh, flags uh, as. It, you know, like uh, certain religious, just, like religious flags. Excuse me. You mean like flags that they're religious? Uh, that they're that that they're somewhat critical of what they're told. You know, I mean that that's how I got turned on to uh, um, you know free talk. Oh, I see but, what uh, you're saying. So you have managed to find some friends who are uh, oh yeah, thinkers. absolutely, absolutely. But okay. yeah, I, mean, I, I, I hate to uh, bog down on uh, you know demographics and uh, race here, but um, uh, uh, as a black male. And uh, I was in the military and uh, all this noise. And, uh, you know, I was going to be a, a chaplain's assistant. So, you know, all the way through and through, I was a pretty big Christian. And um, and I've been around and knew a lot of people. And um, I'm the only uh, atheist, black atheist that I know. It's interesting. I mean, it's your experience, and I can't take that away from you, obviously. So if you want to talk more about your atheism, I'd be happy to uh, t- to discuss that further. I want to talk about this uh, corporal punishment thing, too. Okay. If so, can you stick with us, Tremolo? We'll bring it back. 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll-free line. I've got the story about uh, mega church pastor Creflo Dollar here as well. 855-450-FREE. Allegedly beating and choking his teenage daughter. This is Free Talk Live. Empower yourself by trading with value. Visit DontTreadOnMeme.com. Browse their unique silver dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs. Gift them, keep them, or trade them for something else. They're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free. While you're at it, check out their quality apparel. You'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you. Don't tread on meme. That's don't tread on meme.com. This is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number for you to bring up what you want, 855-450-FREE. Take control of these airwaves, 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us over at freetalklive.com where you can enjoy the features like the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are listeners of the program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see that. And if you're a lady listener, you can get details on how to become part of the Shrine. It's all there, shrine.freetalklive.com. Bitcoin, so the world's first potentially anonymous digital currency. So they're, you know, cash for the internet. You can send and receive Bitcoins by, you know, without any fees. You don't have any chargebacks if you're a business owner or the chargebacks are on your terms, actually. Um, anybody can download the free software and be using it in just a few minutes. You don't have to click on any terms of service. There's no contract. There's no government agency involved. There's no banks involved. It's just you handing internet cash to somebody else virtually on the internet. You can give them a hug, a virtual hug if you want to, too. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Uh, that's the short one-minute, 44-second video about uh, bitcoins. And you really need to know about them because they're changing the internet and changing the world. We use coins.org. Now, thanks to bitinstant.com, you can have bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. To buy your bitcoins with cash, visit bitinstant.com. Again, it's bitinstant.com. 
So megachurch pastor Creflo Dollar has denied that he punched and choked his 15-year-old daughter in an argument, telling his congregation the allegations made in the police report are nothing but exaggeration and sensationalism. However, Tremolo is on the line in Virginia. He disagrees. Uh, Tremolo is saying you had been brought up in churches like this. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, and yeah. I mean, why, why would he admit this? I mean, uh, you know, they, they call him million-dollar uh, Creflo. You know, uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, this is, a, this is a, uh, just another megachurch empire, and it's no different from a, polit- a politician, but it's a little different from a corporal punishment. Uh, the story uh, was that, you know, a little girl, the 15-year-old girl wanted to go to a party on a Saturday mm-hmm. and was denied by her, her uh, you know, her dad. She goes into the kitchen in another room with her sister and, uh, you know, is, uh, you know, mad about this thing. Creflo Cre- Cre- Dollar, here's this storms in and is, uh, you know, livid at this disrespect mm-hmm. to this wonderful, great, massive guy, you know, and uh, this is, this is, this is, this is, uh, this is normal. This is normal. And the police show up and uh, the report says that she tells two different stories. Well, of course, I mean, if my dad is one of the biggest megachurch guys in Atlanta and the police are there, uh, I have to choose between which authorities I will get punished by much less I've already been punished by one, you know, so... Yeah, if you're 15 uh, years old, how do you win in this circumstance? If you, if you're, you know, your dad turns out to be, you know, you managed to prove that your dad's a uh, child beater, then you get the, the honor and privilege of heading off to the local foster home, I assume, yeah. um, or something like that, or, you well, know... Go back to church now. She has to go back to church with these allegations, and there's a police report now. Mm. And she is going to be, you know... That girl, the uh, the one that almost put our pastor in jail. You know, oh, I've yeah. seen this so many times, so many times. And this is not specific to the black church. This is uh, this is you know, all powerful men in church. Absolutely, around, any man you know? uh, given power will be have a tendency right. to become corrupted, or of course, those who are also already corrupt seek power in the first place for these reasons. So you right. you had said that um, um you know you did use the term the black community and 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 you know talked about specifically the churches and, and corporal punishment but you know as I've, the, any statistics I've ever looked at say and when they're segmented out by race um and I tend to think that these issues are more socioeconomic but you know maybe maybe not I don't know um I yeah. don't have all the the statistics sitting here in front of me but by no right. means is it just a black religious thing right no, 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 not at all. Not, not saying that at all. Not saying that at all. But um, as, as you know, as from my experiences, from this perspective, you know, um, I, I just, I just know what a lot of folks in the church, and which is, you know, in the Black Latino community, this is like the the centerpiece mm-hmm. you know, for in, in this com- in the community. I think much more than uh, most types of community in the states, and it is the centerpiece uh, that is pretty much the law is laid down. And a, a uh, the the uh, the father, the black father, in these in these instances, uh, they, they are not challenged from from anyone. And, um, and I know this is uh, this is something that happens in other church communities too. But in in the uh, black community, it is, it is it is it is pretty much a a a, a, a tyranny. Not so much in the Catholic Church, but. Uh, there's just so much lost in reporting. So So would you say that there are a lot of people that know this is true within the church, but just keep quiet? Oh, yes. I think think that's a a homogenous thing uh, through society, period. Most folks will be quiet 
And when there's, uh, you know, one guy on a pedestal and a lot of folks listening, if someone thinks something is wrong mm. or sees something wrong, I think most will just turn a, turn a blind uh, eye. Tremolo, um, tell, me how, tell me about more about how you went away from this church, uh, because you said you're an atheist now. You're the only uh, black male atheist that you know. And <laughs> oh, what's away? So, yeah, what, what was your process? Because you grew up in the church. You're obviously very familiar yeah. with it. What happened? I was there for a long time, uh, and I was just, uh, I was one of the, the, the true believers. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, throughout my uh, late teenage years and early 20s, uh, all, I was just obsessed with religious texts and um, uh, finding out the truth about uh, not just Christianity, but all religions, because my whole thing was, you know, I just wanted to bring, you know, some kind of consensus with the major religions to have some kind of... Uh, uh, a vision of, look, all in this together. You know, we might not believe one thing, but, you know, we're all not in this together. Well, I mean, we're all, we are in this together. Well, that led me uh, down, I guess, you know, to the truth, you know. And, uh, I, I just have a, I have a big um, uh, love for history, and uh, that's what it brought me. And, uh, I'm, what was the linchpin for you? What was the lynch, What was the linchpin for you? What was the thing that you finally read or saw that you just like, ah, <laughs> It was something that you couldn't reconcile or a question that just wasn't satisfactorily answered, or what was it? Well, I got sucker punched from the side with philosophy, you know, and I started asking myself, you know, do I believe in talking to snakes and people being uh, uh, surviving in uh, whales for a week and uh, zombies resurrecting and eating, drinking blood and eating flesh? You know, these things that sound like an Rice book, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and um, uh, it, I think, it, I think the, the lynch point when it comes down to you, when you, when you ask yourself, do you really believe these things that we don't see today that, you know, and, and you know, small, small but significant points like, you know, uh, you know, two and 3,000 years ago, it was written, these, 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 uh, these letters, the so-called letters were written, retranslated in deserts. And, you know, these, this is a religion that, you know, survived uh, for whatever reason. But um, all the people before and, uh, you know, all the religions before, these great civilizations that, seen so much. I, it was just a wealth of information that just made it so lopsided at one point that I, I just couldn't, I wasn't comfortable with myself. I felt like I'd be a coward if I was just to pretend that I believe these and things. And how long after you decided that you were, were an atheist did you come out as an atheist? Uh, it was that week. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah. Was, and how old were you at that time? I was uh, 27. So okay, so oh, fairly. And this was at some kind of family gathering. Uh, not not a, specifically at a family gathering, but um, uh, you know how it goes. Uh, you know, weekly calls calls to close family members and things of that nature. I was excited that I learned something, and I couldn't. I I, I didn't understand. <laughs> they were excited to share it with. Share so, your grandma, I just wanted to let you know I'm an atheist. <laughs> I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think it's flipper wig and then like that. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I thought that I was actually going to see helping people, but, you know, uh, once oh, yeah. that reality, I, I, I realized that. Yeah, they don't want your help. <laughs> <laughs> your help stinks. <laughs> they, 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 they now want to have an intervention with you, I'm sure. I mean, have they tried anything oh, oh, like that? Yeah. What's, what's that? Have they tried any sort of an intervention? Like like you said earlier, they think you're lost. Some of them do. So. Oh, 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 I could, I could, you know, because I, 
the demon is living within me, apparently. The demon. <laughs> oh, God, I hope we don't get the demon callers tonight. Hey, thanks, Tremolo, for your story. I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it. 855-450-FREE. SACL, C-A-I, toll-free line. Uh, Dollar, this uh, megachurch pastor, Creflo Dollar, says, I will say this emphatically, I should never have been arrested. He said in his first public appearance after police charged him with misdemeanor counts of simple battery and cruelty to children. I did not beat and punch that girl. The pastor got an enthusiastic <laughs> ovation. What, what? Bill Clinton's the first black president. It, it makes sense. From it was the a good impression. Packed church as he took the pulpit Sunday at the World Changers Church International in Metro Atlanta. He addressed the criminal charges head on for several minutes before moving on to his sermon. He said, I want you all to hear personally from me that all is well in the Dollar household. The 50-year-old Dollar is one of the most prominent African-American preachers based around Atlanta with uh, 30,000 members in the Atlanta area and a ministry of satellite churches across the U.S. I'll tell you more about what happened here, allegedly, between he and his daughter, 15 years old. Uh, Apparently, he supposedly punched and choked her. And according to our last caller, he totally believes this is what happened. 855-450-450. Are you excited about Flaming Freedom's Bigger Gayer Dance Party at this year's Pork Fest? Oh, yeah. Well, you should be. There's going to be hopping dance music and a giant tent full of liberty lovers getting their gay on. By gay? Do you mean happy? Uh, d- sure, Claire. Super Gay Dre is bringing his elite team of drag queens led by Violencia. There's going to be raffles for all kinds of prizes, as well as prizes for gayest costume, best drag queen, and best drag king. So get your ticket now for the insanely cheap price of just $5 at flamingfreedom.com slash dance party. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. That's what we call it, Free Talk Live. You're free to call in, talk about anything you want. 855-450-FREEZE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. You may get interacted by submitting things to our site. You find something online that you think is interesting, you think our other listeners would enjoy it. You submit it as show prep, and then those other folks will vote on it, and you get to vote on things as well. And the most voted up make it to the front page and the top of the site so head over get interactive at freetalklive.com we'll tell you more for those of you just tuning in we were talking about creflo dollar the megachurch pastor who is now being accused of punching and choking his teenage daughter uh, in the middle of an argument we will uh, return to that story in a moment but first to jeff in massachusetts listening in boston jeff you're on free talk live hey how's it going hey you're on with ian julia and mark what's on your mind tonight um I was listening to the podcast from a few days ago, and you were talking about gay divorce and wondering why states had a residency requirement to get divorced. Yeah, because it's getting in the way of folks who might, say, move to another state, or not move to, but visit another state to get married there where gay marriage is legal. They then move back to where they're from or go back to where they're from, and if they decide to get divorced down the line, it's much more difficult to get the divorce than it is the marriage certificate because of certain residency requirements and that you have to live within, you know, be, be having have lived within the state uh, for like six months to two years. So what do you say the reason is for that? Well, it's not specific to gay marriage. It's just for marriage in general. But it's to prevent people from forum shopping and trying to pick this state or that state to get divorced in to try and get laws that may be favorable towards one side or the other for alimony or child support or whatever it is. 
Yes, I've I've heard about this in uh, novels, that kind of thing. If you're wealthy, uh, don't take a trip to California with your wife that you might want to divorce you. Hmm. So, wait, so you can get a divorce anywhere is what you're saying, and so therefore the states know that, uh, in theory, that you could go anywhere to get a divorce, so they put on all these restrictions. Well, it's so that if you live in California, but California is going to give your wife all your money when you divorce her. Mm-hmm. They don't want you just filing for divorce in Texas and your wife trying to file for divorce in Rhode Island and everybody trying to jump from one state to the other. But ultimately, okay, so both parties have to live in the same state for that period of time in order to be divorced, or can or is only one party that has to live there? Do you know? Uh, it, that probably depends on the state, but mm-hmm. it's to prevent, it's to keep it so that you have to file for divorce in your state Thanks rather for, than Thank you for clearing that up, Jeff. I uh, appreciate appreciate that information. Anything else you want to share? No, that's it for Thanks now. Thanks for the call, sir. Appreciate it. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. That must have been a question you asked on Friday night when I wasn't here. It must have been, yeah. We were talking about uh, the, you know, the issue of gay couples trying to get divorces. It's much more difficult for them because... Gay marriage is only available in something like six states, so therefore, in order to get the divorce, they have to literally move to the state from which they got married and stay there for a, a, quite a lengthy period of time. In some cases, yeah. That can be kind of inconvenient for people with, oh, I don't know, a career? Yeah, what, what uh, I mean, it would make me wonder about those six states that uh, one could get divorced in because, you know, I mean, I, I suppose you could, if you really want to get divorced, you could say, hey, you know, if, if, if a state will allow you to move there and then the next day get a divorce, but then. It's not like that. The, the time range is six months to two years. Is that all the states? Six That's what we were told by the guy that brought this up uh, initially. So 855-450-FREE uh, is the toll-free number here. Uh, you can, of course, bring up whatever's on your mind. College Park, Georgia is the site of this story of Creflo Dollar. By the way, they've, uh, you know, they've gotten much better in the last half decade <laughs> at determining whether or not you're using some private mailbox address. If mm-hmm. uh, you're you know, filing for something with the state or uh, even credit agencies, everybody has pretty much gotten good at uh, the, really? the, the trick. Yeah. How do you know that? Well, because I have a private mailbox and I don't give out – I don't have a mailbox so or like at my house. Mm-hmm. So I only use my private mailbox for things. And you're saying you've been having trouble with the government guys? Uh, it, it, you know, they, they will not let me use that as a res- residence um, under you know, several, Interesting. several different organizations, uh, state and private, have uh, you know, distinguished that that was well, not Well, your experience may uh, – your mileage may vary. I mean, Mark, your experience is not necessarily going to be what another person's experience is. No, so. no. And, of course, there are always other options like maybe having a friend or someone you know in that state uh, be willing to claim that, that you live at their home. That could be a possible sure. way to get around this. I would – you know, I, I can't think of anybody I know in North Dakota. So, I mean, that's not always an option for everybody. So, uh, back to the story here from College Park, Georgia, where megachurch pastor Creflo Dollar has uh, been arrested on charges regarding uh, misdemeanor counts of simple battery and cruelty to children – of course, we're talking about his uh, teenage 15-year-old daughter. They were in the middle of an argument. Uh, he was arrested after his 15-year-old daughter called a 911 about 1 a.m. on Friday, told a Fayette County Sheriff's de- uh, deputy that she and her father had argued when he said she couldn't go to a party. Police report says a girl told a deputy that he charged at her, put, her, uh, put his hands around her throat, began to punch her, and started hitting her with his shoe. The deputy noticed a scratch hmm. on her neck. 
The report said the deputy also interviewed Dollar's 19-year-old daughter, who said her father grabbed her sister's shoulders, then slapped her in the face and choked her for about five seconds. It's absolutely terrifying to think about being choked by somebody that much larger than you. Like your father. I mean, I'm thinking about right now, if a man held me against the wall and choked me, I would be pretty terrified. But when I was 15, I mean, I think I would be like traumatized. I'm not laughing because it's funny. Yeah, yeah. But, but. You're laughing because you're uncomfortable. Yes. She said her sister tried to break free but did not fight back. When her father threw the 15-year-old on the floor, the older girl ran to get her mother. Dollar's wife, Taffy, told the deputy that she did not see the fight. Dollar launched into a lengthy denial of the allegations from his pulpit on Sunday, saying that the truth is that a family conversation with our youngest daughter got emotional. And emotions got involved. Things escalated from there. He said the mark on her neck had been there for about 10 years and was caused by a skin condition, eczema. The truth is she was not choked, he said. She was not punched. There were not any scratches on her neck, but the only thing on her neck was a prior skin abrasion from eczema. Anything else is exaggeration and sensationalism. And what if he's telling the truth? I mean, that uh, his two teenage daughters, they were upset because they weren't, you know, she wasn't allowed to go out uh, to some party that she wanted to go to. And so they made something up about dad. Wouldn't Chris, be the first Chris time. and I did that once. Made stuff up? Yeah. About your dad? I remember you? one time. No, yeah. Like, he was really uh, just, he would yell and throw things around and make a scene. Beat and the dog. Yeah, exactly. He never hit us, but we wanted him gone. So mm. we made up some stories about him hitting. And my mom got really mad and. It was dramatic. So it was found out that you'd made up the stories? Um, I'm not sure that it was found out. Like, we were never confronted. It was just... But you didn't go to the cops or... Yeah, we just like decided that. to drop it, I guess. You, you kind of used it to threaten the parents, is what you did? Yeah, I mean, he was a jerk, and we didn't want to live with him anymore, so we wanted our mom to leave him, but we gave up. So you floated the story by the mom <laughs> yeah. first, and then... Well, uh, and she got pretty riled up, and when it she... Didn't, didn't have well, wet legs. Well, she, she was kind of, I think, trying to scare us. To maybe get us to admit that we were lying. She didn't say, are you lying? But she said, would say, you know, do you want me to leave him? Do you want me to leave him? And I think threatened to, you know, break up the family. We don't want to break up the family. And I think eventually got us both kind of upset and it was left alone. Mm. We were young. So yeah, you, you never well, know. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, breaking up a family is a big deal. <laughs> you know? well, yeah, and so you never know. I mean, who is really telling the truth? Tremolo, who called last hour, said he absolutely believes the allegations, having been raised in a similar church and knowing the atmosphere and the way uh, some fathers treated their uh, their children, that uh, this was very likely, he said, that this, this man was behaving in this way. <laughs> but ultimately, it's going to be the two uh, teenagers versus his story. His congregation appeared supportive on Sunday, of course, giving him sustained applause as he took the stage. As he spoke, people in the sanctuary yelled encouragement. We love you! And we've got your back! As he talked about the difficulty dealing with teenage children in a culture of disrespect, many in the crowd nodded in agreement. Members of the church seemed to close ranks around Dollar before he addressed them from the pulpit on Sunday. Dozens of people approached by the Associated Press as they arrived for the service declined to comment, and the few who did expressed support. After the service, many were still reluctant to comment, but those who did said they were satisfied with his addressing. If you don't want teenagers, or if you think it's difficult to raise them, you probably should not have children, because that's coming. 
<laughs> Mark, are you ready? Ten more years. Well, I, you know, these these kids are raised in public schools. The the most well behaved kids I've ever seen are homeschooled. That's a good point. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up what you want. Tell your stories about uh, perhaps uh, the church you grew up in or whatever abuse uh, went on there. It's free talk live. There's a legendary piece of equipment in the radio world. It's the CC Radio 2. It has the best AM reception, bar none, thanks to their twin-coil ferrite AM antenna. It also has stellar FM reception, plus ham and weather. I recently got one. It's the nicest radio I've ever owned. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane Company, their products are lauded for their quality by experts the world over. I highly endorse the C-Crane Company. Get the CC Radio 2 at ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in, toll free, bring up anything you want. 855-453-FREE is the number. 1-855-450-3733 can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features there. Tonight it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. And those features include archives going all the way back to late 2006. Go click, download as many as you want. They're all completely free over at freetalklive.com. In fact, you can click over to our SoundCloud page, and that makes it really easy to share the episodes of Free Talk Live that you would like to uh, to share with your friends, maybe on Facebook or Twitter, perhaps on your WordPress blog. There are different buttons. You just hit the share button on any SoundCloud uh, download option or on any, I guess, what do you call them? The waveform, I suppose. SoundCloud's a pretty neat way to experience audio on the internet. So if you're looking for our SoundCloud link, it's on the left-hand side of freetalklive.com underneath the listen uh, section under listen and share. So 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number here. More about the mega church pastor accused of choking and beating his teenage daughter. First, Troy is with us listening in West Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Troy. Um, I would like to share a story, if sure. it's okay. And I think it's totally wrong. I would hope you would agree with me. Um, I met a guy last August. I met him in jail, actually. Okay. Um, you know, I, w- I went to jail for 15 days because they found a beer in my house. And I was talking to this guy. He came Is this uh, you're on probation or something like that? And uh, yeah, yeah, one, one yeah, of the criteria yeah. is that you not have... Uh, yes, but, but, but you know, I'm not here to complain about my situation. Just asking? I'm here to complain about his situation. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm talking to him. He's he's on probation because he was $17,000 behind in child support. Mm. But that's bad. I mean, I mean, but, you know, but he's on probation for child support, a whole lot of money. He's been working for several years, okay? paying his child support like he's supposed to when you know these people where i live they drive by his house one day and he's you know drinking a beer on his front porch okay and you know talking with him you know because i know i knew i knew he wasn't lying because when i'm talking to him they had my beer bottle they showed him my beer bottle which was a bud light lime and he was telling me you know he said he said he said troy you know I mean, he wasn't proud about being being behind in child support, but the thing is, he's like, you know, when I get out of here, I'm not going to have a job, and that that is how stupid, stupid the system is. This man Absolutely. is on probation for child support, 
and you put him in a situation where, guess what, he's going to lose his job and not be able to pay that child support because he's drinking a beer on a porch like so many Americans do. Now, was he, he was on, what I, but, but before we go on here, I just want to make sure I'm, I'm clear. So he was on probation for not paying child support, and then part of the criteria of probation was uh, you know, not drinking beer, and then he was drinking beer and they caught him. Is that essentially what happened? That is exactly what okay. happened. And it's, are you, are you going to defend the system? No, so what, I don't think anyone's going to defend the system. Just asking. I, I want to just point out how retarded it is that why would you why would not drinking be a part of child support? Like it it's just nothing, probation. It's just a part of probation. Is it a rule of every probation? It's very standard. Yes, it is, and it's stupid. It's it is stupid. stupid. You can't. Not only can you not drink. But if you're living at home, let's say he was to move back in, because you know a lot of times I know gonna, what you're going to say. Right, when a lot of times you're going to get out of jail, you, you like you said, you lose the job, so you probably also lost your house, uh, so you move in with your parents. Well, guess what? Mom and dad can't have a beer in the fridge either. They can't have any wine in the cabinets. You know, there's just no no alcohol is uh, even supposed to be in the premises where you're living. I, I mean, I don't think that it's right in situations where people are arrested for drugs. But I don't see how it could even be justified it's when just someone's arrested for anything probation. else. Standard probation, because they want it to be as right. difficult as possible so they can violate your probation over and over again and keep bringing you back to jail. And this doesn't help the mother, uh, you know, the whomever no, it he, doesn't help he owes, anybody. owes the money to. She, I mean, she's not she's not getting money while he's in jail, and she's going to get less money when he gets out That's because right. he doesn't have a, you know, he no longer has a steady job. And he'll be behind the ball even more when he gets out because they're not going to put the payments on hold because he's in jail. So he's going to rack up more uh, debt t- to his ex-wife in this case. And Does anybody even care? I mean, it, 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 it's not even me, and it drove me nuts. I heard you, know? you man. I, I was in jail with it a lot of these me guys. Freaking nuts! I mean, I want to scream, I want to yell, I want to cuss people. And the answer is, very few people care about the men behind bars and the women behind you're bars. You're right. I mean, country. I was there. I, you're yep. exactly right. I've been there too, and, and and there's plenty of people in the jail here in Cheshire County and all around the world in in these jails. Plenty of them are there for a violation of probation. I mean, basically, the jail was populated by four types of people. There was a handful of actually dangerous dangerous folks. There were some pot smokers. There were some guys that were uh, were drinking. There were some guys that were driving to work, and then the rest of them were violation of probation for things like drinking and and smoking pot. I mean, that's literally what the whole makeup of the jail was. And you know what else? They're also using these guys as slave labor. So essentially, the guys that are in the jail as a sentenced defender are then sentenced to work on the jail uh, work crew. And they have to go around and do all manner of different jobs, get no pay whatsoever. At least when you're in prison, you get some piddly amount of uh, of pay. In jail, you get absolutely nothing. And if you don't do what they tell you, they lock you in segregation. So essentially, you become unpaid slave labor for the county uh, government in this case. And so basically, the county is going around arresting people for smoking pot or drinking, putting them in a jail cell and having them do work for for them and paying them nothing for it. And then when they get out, put them on probation so they can VOP and go right back in and do it all over again. It's sick. And, and, and hardly anybody cares about them because everybody looks at a jail. Most people look at a jail and they tell themselves a story. They say, well, that's where the bad people are. And they just believe that everybody that's in jail must be there for a reason. They must be bad. And so they just write them off. They don't even consider them as human beings. And it's outrageous. The only thing that you can do to fix this problem is to get rid of probation. That's the only way to solve it. A lot of people. I, mean, well, I mean, probation should be for like you know, for when you do. I mean, smoke. I mean, drinking a beer is not illegal. You're smoking a pot right now. I mean, I don't smoke pot, 
but it is illegal. I could maybe see doing it for that. No, no. People for- who don't hurt anybody else don't belong in cages. So, yeah, no, I, I can't you're, see. You're, I can't. you're wrong. Well, I mean, if you're a drug dealer on probation, you're smoking pot, I could see it. For 15 days. So what if you're a drug dealer? People have to sell drugs in order for other people to buy them. I mean, there's nothing wrong with giving people something that they that they want. I mean, you're providing something to the marketplace. As long as people are consenting, there's no crime. I mean, if you don't have if there's no victim, if no one can identify harm being done to them, you don't actually have a crime. And that's how these jails are getting so populated. There's drug drug crime after drug crime, uh, drug offender after drug offender being taken and put in these into these cages, having their lives destroyed because the drug addiction is bad enough. But to add on to drug addiction, losing your house and losing your job, that just makes you more likely to come out and, you know, create another drug habit or a drinking problem after you get out of jail. Well, why can't these people see it? Why can't they see it? They're not looking. Well, because I hate them. I hate them. Well, hate only hurts the hater. Troy, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. But I understand. I understand the frustration. And I wish there was something I could do. I'm going to run for state rep this year, and uh, and one of the platforms uh, that I'll have will be ending the war on drugs. Uh, So I think that's something that people can do is they can advocate for it for change within the system. Because even a lot of the guys that are running the jail, they know these people shouldn't be there. They know their jail is full of peaceful people who haven't actually harmed anyone else. But none of those people that think that way that are running the jail are all of a sudden going to just turn those guys loose. It's just not going to happen. I can't. Only one way you can fix it. 855-450-FREE. And the system sucks, but it seems like the only option. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll free number 855 453. It's equals CAI. Toll free line 1-855-450-3733. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. We have a number of features on our website, and one of them is the bulletin board system where you can go and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. You can enjoy uh, their company or you, know, you can flame war each other, whatever you want to do, <laughs> over at uh, bbs.freetalklive.com. And you get out of hand, Shaw will ban you. Like the rest of the, uh, the website, it's completely free. Again, that's bbs.freetalklive.com. Now, on the Free Talk Live BBS, there's registration involved. You've got to put in an email address. There's a process you have to go through. Not all message boards uh, are like that. In fact, not all administrators think that's valuable. In fact, it, perhaps you'd rather have a message board on your site that's completely anonymous. Well, you can. And you can have it now by going to plainboards.com. I'm not exaggerating. You just go to plainboards.com, you punch in the name of the board that you want to create, and it's created for you, hosted at plainboards.com. It's completely anonymous. You don't have to log in. You don't have to give up any uh, privacy-revealing information. 
it's just there. It's just created. And then you can share that link with your uh, with friends or strangers or whoever it is you want to invite to your message board or maybe use link to it on your website or embed it into uh, to one of your site's pages. You can do all those things with Planeboards. P-L-A-I-N, planeboards.com. Did I mention that they're free? You just go and create it. It's there for you. Planeboards.com. As we continue here with the story from HuffingtonPost.com, Creflo Dollar is his name, and he is a, what they call a megachurch pastor. Last time we talked about megachurch pastor on this program was Ted Haggard, who was a megachurch pastor from Colorado uh, when Ted, Ted, Hatter, Ted Haggard was busted for having sex with a male prostitute while snorting crank. Uh, and that's so awesome yeah and now another one has been busted this time though for something much more uh i think objectionable uh, look i don't care if you have sex with a prostitute and i don't care if you want to do drugs it's your business it's your thing i think obviously you're a hypocrite if you're saying one thing on the, the pulpit and doing uh, another but ultimately in the case of ted haggard there were no victims ted consented with uh, his prostitute lover and he consented in the drug situation in this case with creflo dollar we don't have a consent-oriented situation. We have a man who is much larger than his 15-year-old daughter who allegedly uh, punched her and choked her. And the 19-year-old daughter also says that she witnessed this happen. So Now, according to church doctrine, I would say that, that uh, Haggard was the one who was uh, the bad guy and that uh, Dollar's just uh, trying to cover his butt here in a, uh, a satanic twisted world uh, so that he doesn't go to prison. Uh, you know what I mean? You know, the, the Bible says to, if you spare the rod, you spoil the child, which means that all the parents that, uh, you know, the, the weak and wimpy parents that paddle their, their children with a hand are, are not even going by the doctrine of the Bible, which says to, that you've got to use all a rod, rod um, in order, and I, I'm not sure what the Bible means when it says a rod. I'm thinking you're not talking about a tiny little uh, willow branch, or yeah. you know, a, you know, like a little soda straw branch here. I'm thinking you probably need something a little bigger. But I mean, it's specific. It says rod. Now, according to the church uh, flock, shall we say they are behind their pastor? I don't know if it's 100, percent but overwhelmingly. According to the Associated Press reports, uh, Phyllis Wally, 23-year-old daycare worker who's attended church for five years, says, When I first heard what he was accused of, I didn't believe it. I knew there had to be more to the story. I felt like he addressed the accusations today, and I believe what he said. To hear from him personally, I really appreciated that. I was glad to hear his side of the story. Others said the media blew the accusations out of proportion without having all the facts, and they felt vindicated after hearing Dollar speak. George Blake said that he thought the media rushed to tell the story without knowing the full story. He said, I think you're looking at a bunch of sensationalism. The 49-year-old said he never questioned his pastor of eight years. Blake said, it's not up to me to be satisfied with what he had to say. This is a man of God spreading the word of God. Who would Jesus choke? That's what I'd like to say. (laughs) Well, I don't, you know, we, we don't know what happened in this um, in, in this circumstance, but I, you know, I don't find what these people's statements like. I never doubted it for a moment. That's mm. not a very convincing, uh, you know, set of statements here. Well, you know, I was shocked by I was shocked by the accusations. I wanted to hear what the preacher said. I did not want to uh, pass any kind of judgment until I'd heard both sides of the story. Upon hearing the preacher's, uh, you know, story, then I I decided that uh, his his story seemed credible and plausible to me and. And that he, uh, you know, the, that he had been, he, that he had not been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that he had committed this crime, and so therefore, uh, you know, I, I, I believe him. No, that's not what they said. They said I never doubted it for a moment. Mm. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, he's infallible, believers. right? He's, he's infallible. a man of God. 
he's a man of God, and the church is uh, organized in a hierarchical structure, and this man has power, and people fear that. And he only has the, no. He only that. has the power that, uh, that 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 his parishioners give him. Right. I mean, he doesn't have the ability to physically uh, hurt anybody except his daughters, daughters. apparently. Uh, but uh, he does have power within the, ch- the structure of the church, is what I'm saying. And sure, but people, you could just decide you don't want to go there anymore. This you absolutely a- could. But if you're a true believer, then you are likely going to fall in line with whatever this guy says. It's a tr- it's a cult of personality situation. I'll agree with you on that. And uh, and people in positions of influence are likely to uh, well, you know, be able to wield that influence. If you want to call it influence instead of power, Mark, that's uh, that's fine. <laughs> But this guy's got it's a cult of personality. Um, you know, this is one of the reasons that uh, Methodist churches move their preachers around. I think it's every four years or something like that in order to not let they don't get their roots in too, too thoroughly um, in one particular to church. But, you know, many, many churches are set up around the preacher. The preacher is the church. Erod is with us in Georgia. Now, this uh, story, by the way, about uh, Creflo Dollar happened in the Atlanta area. Erod, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Yeah, hi. Uh, I just want to make a few comments about this whole crap. Certainly. Um, about 17 years ago, when I first moved to uh, Georgia, I actually attended his church for uh, probably about a handful of times and left. I didn't particularly care to his style of preaching. But at any rate, uh, I don't know who's uh, telling the truth, um, either him or his daughter. But in his defense, I can tell you a story that happened to me with my own daughter and uh, when she was, oh, I don't know, probably about, I don't know, maybe 13 years old or so. Um, you know, I had to go after her. She was disrespecting her mother. She ran inside of her in the bedroom, you know, threw herself on the bed, and I was grabbing her. No, you're going to get up. You're going to do what this me my mother said. You know, and I was kneeling on the bed, and my daughter screamed out, Stop raping me! Stop raping me! And I oh just about fell out. I just fell out when she said that. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. You know, if I had a window open or something, I mean, what if a neighbor heard that? But, you know, just like I believe, I don't know, somebody mentioned earlier, you know, when you get to the teenage years, you know, there's going to be rebellion. You might get lucky. You may have this perfect child, but, you know, it's not likely. You know, yeah, exactly. It's not likely. There's going to be a period of time that you're going to look at your life and say, goodness gracious, was this worth it? Because it's not fun. They're going to rebel. So, again, you know, I don't know who's telling the truth, Mm. but I wouldn't, you know, totally pass judgment, you know, on Dollar, you know, that his daughter just didn't make up crap because she was just, you know, she wanted to go to a party or something. She couldn't, you know. And now she started a lie, and now she has to, well, I started a lie. I've got to continue with the lie. Got to get my sister to, you know, to back me up. I don't know. It's but, interesting. You know. So we've now had two calls uh, from folks who've been to churches like this, because Tremolo called in uh, the first yeah. hour, and he said that he absolutely believed this uh, This could be a true story based on his experience with some of the people yeah. in this church, in, the, in a similar oh, yeah. church. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, I've been to his church, like I said, you know, about a dozen times, half a dozen times or so. But, uh, you know, and I'm not saying that I believe him, you know, but all I'm saying that it is completely, you know, realistic and, and, and possible that, you know, these girls are just lying. No it's, doubt. it's absolutely possible. It is possible. What happens, what do, you, what do you think would be fair, right, and just to do to this uh, fella if the accusations were true? <coughs> nothing. Yeah, absolutely I, nothing. I can't really imagine, you know, I mean, you know, he has to, I should think, don't think he should do it. And but at the same time, I don't feel like this girl is going to be in any way benefit. These girls are going to be benefited if their father goes to jail. 
No, no, that's what that, that's what I mean. They should do nothing. Just drop it, go home, you handle your, your family problem like every other family does. That's what I think. Erod, thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 855-453. Your thoughts are welcome. I have a solution. What should be done in this particular case? Because I don't know. I, I, don't, I would want to get some young people out of an abusive home. It's Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that you'll see there completely free. And if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. You can head over to amp.freetalklive.com, get signed up with the AMP program. And AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And your three bucks a month allows us to do a whole lot of stuff that would make, if we couldn't do what the AMP, if we couldn't do what we can do because of the AMP, program we'd be hurting as far as radio affiliates is, uh, are concerned we wouldn't be able to go to these radio conventions that uh, that we go to we just got back from new york city uh last week where uh, we had a great time meeting up with the and schmoozing it up with the industry big wigs and uh, i got to participate in the talk rumble panel which was a dream of mine so it was a lot of fun how was that it was a blast and i'm hoping the video is going to be available at some point this summer uh, if so, I would have done it so much better, Julia. Really? Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, I kind of believe that. Whatever. I'm not saying that to be mean. I just Mark is. Um, he's he was a Republican more recently <laughs> than you, so I think he he can relate. I was never a Republican. I just grew you up in a Republican in the Rush household. Limbaugh fan club. <laughs> yeah, but I was 13 <laughs> at the time. I was certainly not a Republican. I uh, registered for office today to run for office you today did. under the Republican ticket. So uh, I would say I'm still a Republican to some extent. Aww. But I, I think that uh, you know I can I, I don't mind uh, you know sugarcoating the message a little right. bit in order to uh, you know the, the pill goes down a little better. Yeah, well, Ian's a purist. Cl- clearly, yeah. they wanted a radical on stage so that's what yeah. they got and it was yeah, everybody uh, made fun of him pot jokes the whole time hey, why don't you smoke some pot <laughs> yeah that uh, yeah that's right todd schnitt uh, <laughs> made that joke and i was like yeah pass me the bong that'd be great uh so <laughs> 855-450-FREE i didn't say those exact words but i said something to the to that effect and uh so yeah i had a blast talked about immigration and talked about uh gay marriage with a bunch of republicans and uh democrats and it was it was it was good it was the only time that anyone from... Even the Democrats that thought that his immigration policy was uh, crazy. Uh, oh, Tom yeah. Hartman. Yeah, Tom so... Hartman called me crazy, yeah. For that. No, he said that's crazy. Well, wouldn't one have to be crazy in order to believe You're something extrapolating. crazy? extrapolating. No. Somebody could just talk about a crazy idea without being crazy. Okay. one 855 That's a relief. Toll-free number here. <laughs> anyway, it's your amp dollars that send us to these things and allow us to get on more radio stations, which allow more people to find these ideas. So go to amp.freetalklive.com. Plus, the amp program also supports lrn.fm, uh, which is another great way for people to hear liberty-oriented programs that aren't quite like Free Talk Live. Uh, so once again, go to amp.freetalklive.com. We're talking about Creflo Dollar. He is... 
what was it that uh, he was called? Uh, Tremolo said he was called Million Dollar Creflo or something mm-hmm. like that. This guy does a pretty good job for himself as far as business is concerned, and uh, religion in this, uh, in his case at least, is a business. Dollar, who has five children, this is from HuffingtonPost.com, is a native of College Park, Georgia. Again, for those of you just tuning in, this man has been accused of beating and choking his teenage daughter. Uh, he, let's see, native of College Park, says he received a vision for his church in 1986. He held the first service in front of eight people in an elementary school cafeteria. His ministry grew quickly, and the church moved into its present location, an 8,500-seat sanctuary on December 24th of 1995. That is a mega church. Dollar said in a 2007 interview with the Associated Press that he renounced his church salary and his income only comes from personal investments, including a real estate residential property business and horse breeding company called Dollar Ranch. So he made a bunch of money on the church in the first uh, 20 years of its life nice. and then renounced his salary after he'd invested a buttload of money great. In, in all manner of investments. Fine, it's great. Oh, it's like as though he's really doing something that's uh, making it so he's a, what, an ascetic or whatever. It's ridiculous. Well, I don't know that he's an ascetic. I, maybe he's just saying that he has enough money. He's also published more than 30 books, mostly focusing on family and life issues, including debt management. He said he sometimes got up to $100,000 for a single speaking appearance on his packed schedule of engagements. Doesn't sound to me like he needs that uh, the minister's salary. I mean, I'm, I'd be, I think it's great that this church might be sending some money back to the community. Along with Bishop Eddie Long, Dollar is one of the most prominent African-American preachers based around Atlanta who built successful ministries on the prosperity gospel, which teaches that God wants ah. to bless the faithful with earthly riches. Ministers in this tradition often hold up their own wealth as evidence that the teaching works. You said ah? Uh, well, I'm just familiar with the uh, the, the prosperity doctrine. It's, Tell me more uh, about it, uh, Well, it's an evangelical doctrine. Um, and I remember that uh, Jesus and his crew, uh, you know, basically— Wandered around with nothing but the clothes on their backs uh, for three years. Um, you know, the prosperity wasn't really their thing, but mm-hmm. they lived in poverty. Um, but you know, the doctrine is is that uh, you know you should be wealthy. That God blesses His children with wealth, and uh, you know, essentially, all you have to do is claim that for yourself. I think that uh, you know I don't subscribe to evangelical Christianity or anything like that, but I think that there's plenty out there, and I think that people can be wealthy if that's what they, uh, if they that's what they want to have happen in their lives. It does, the Bible does say that it's as difficult for a rich man to pass through the eye of a needle as it, um, it or you no, know, it's as uh, difficult as a camel to pass through the eye of a needle as it is for a rich man to get to heaven. Does it say that? Yeah, it does say that. Okay. It's, now there's some discussion as to what the eye of the needle is, as to whether or not it's the actual eye of a needle. This is one of the reasons that I do not think that the Bible is the unerring word of God, because why would God be so gosh darn confusing? Um, but, you know, the, in fact, that the eye of the needle is a small door in a, um, you know, a gate to one of the sides of Jerusalem or something like or that. Or whatever. Right. So it's, it's open to interpretation. Sure. Um, you know, so in one case, rich people can't get to heaven. In another case, it's difficult for rich people to get to heaven. I don't know. You know, I, I well, surely there to. Uh, surely there must be pro-wealth uh, passages in the Bible. Otherwise, what's this guy reading to his flock? There are things that uh, can be interpreted in that way, certainly. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just it's just one of the you know, often preachers have these things that they pitch. Right. And right now, this prosperity doctrine is something that people want to hear. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's always the fire and brimstone guys out there. People are pitching all kinds of different things. You know, the Mormons in some way, shape or form have found, uh, you know, they, they, they use the Bible and they use the Book of Mormon. And, you know, they could have multiple wives. Who knows? Everybody's got something that they can extrapolate out of this book. 
that was one of the things I missed a, a chance to talk about at the talkers seminar was polygamy. When we were talking about gay marriage, somebody, one of the panelists did bring up, well, if we just get a, a, let gay marriage happen, we could have multiple wives soon. And I, did, I didn't get the chance to come out with, well, what's wrong with that? So? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. But uh, sometimes they just pass you by and you can't get in. So. Yeah. All right. So maybe- there's a show on uh, that I've seen called Sister Wives talking about this uh, family that has, you know, a husband and uh, four wives. And, you know, I think it's interesting that these uh, families, well, you know, the math doesn't really work out. Basically, it's 50 50 in having uh, ki- males and female children. But somehow or another, all these husbands have. All the you know these husbands have all these wives. Well, they're they're excommunicating the males. Not always, they? not always. No, in some cults that's in what some, they do. some of them they do. But what happens to these males? I guess they just you know they they realize well I'm not going to get one of these and so I'm going to move on. And I guess I mean you're saying for, they're voluntarily leaving for every husband um, you know every husband that has four wives in these communities there are three guys that can't mm. mathematically aren't going to have them. So. You know, I'm not saying I'm I'm for or against, but I'm against these cults that are sexist in the use of their polygamy. I think that look, if if he can have three, four wives, then one of those wives should be able to take another husband, and you know, so they 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 forbid that is what you're saying as part of the church. Rules. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Only men can have multiple wives. In the history of polygamy, has that always been the case? I could, I'm certain that that's not true in the history of polygamy, mm-hmm. but it's certainly the history um, of the Mormon Church. Your thoughts are certainly welcome. If you'd like to talk about polygamy or Chris uh, or Mr. Dollar here uh, in, in his situation, did he actually a- a- attack his daughters? Uh, and then you, Mark, you said you had a solution. I don't know. Did we get to the solution? We didn't. Um, you know, but basically, you know, what is the solution to this situation? Now, what should a, happen with a fifteen-year-old? Right, as opposed to the the grand scheme solution, the short term, people should be able to drop or um, you know hold charges against criminal charges against people themselves, mm-hmm. because it, it, you know the state will pick up charges if somebody decides not to prosecute. There's really not even an, an ability for a person to charge somebody else with a crime. The state charges. They tell the state. The state charges. Well, it should be the daughter's uh, d- decision as to whether or not to apply assault charges to her uh, father, and Absolutely. then she can and then she can prove that case in a court of law. But the problem here is is that she doesn't get to play that poker game where you know she you know gets what whatever concessions out of her father she wants to get or or whatever. The state decides whether or not they decide whether or not to pick up the case. They decide when to drop it because it may be, like I said, not beneficial for this young lady at all to for her father to go to jail. But if she could decide when she dropped the charges, if she decided to drop them the day before trial or right you know the morning before the trial or something like that in order to get whatever settlement with her dad you know I'll I'll never hit you again and you know here's you know here's a or a, she doesn't a, drop a, the charges you wanted, I don't know or she doesn't drop the charges and chooses because she's a sovereign individual that she's going to move out of the house because I don't think people should be forced to stay in a place where they want to be away from how a 15-year-old is going to make a living. And More t- coming up here. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll. Free line. Maybe she could have a family member take her in. Who knows? She should be able to choose to emancipate herself. It's Free Talk Live. Hour 3 is next. Get 18,000 radio stations from around the world. Pandora, Opio, Live 365, and MP3 tunes. With C Crane's CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio. It's great in any room of the house. You can listen to your favorite station stream from back home, whether it's another state or another country. Play Free Talk Live's live streams, lrn.fm, or your favorite stations. 
If you're not familiar with the C-Crane company, their products are the best. Get the CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio at ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E dot com. Free Talk Live, and you may take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the various features awaiting you there. Freetalklive.com tonight. It's Ian here. And Julia. And Mark. And by the way, one of the features on the site is that you can control the content. So when you find something online that you think is interesting, you can submit it over at freetalklive.com as show prep. Uh, And then other listeners can vote. It will be voted up or voted down, and the most voted up will make it to the front page in the top of the site. So head over to freetalklive.com and get interactive there. That's freetalklive.com. So still to come here tonight, an update on a story that, Julia, you had told us about a blogger, a food blogger who is under attack from government agents who are basically trying to shut down his freedom of speech. We can get to the latest on that, but in another speech-related case, Janusz Kopsinski in Chicago yelled F the mayor to Richard M. Daly on his final day in office. He also spat in his general direction. It doesn't say he spat on him, but in his general direction as a crowd gathered for the last time the mayor uh, was leaving office. How weird is that? People showing up just to watch the man calling himself mayor go home it might just be the bureaucrats i mean you're assuming that it's actually you know people from the city you know citizens and that kind of thing it might just be the bureaucrats uh, still it's sad either way well, I, I mean, these are this was their boss. They I may guess. have liked him. He might have been better. Certainly, probably better than Blagojevich. No, is that the governor? Never mind. Um, yeah, what you know, was he? See, he's, he's a mayor, isn't he? Blago was uh, the governor, I believe. Oh, Blago, right. I'm thinking of the other guy, uh, Rahm Emanuel. Right. I can't remember what he is. It's hard to follow at anyway, all. A bunch of politicians. Um, but you know, I mean, one politician's better than the other. They like him. Whatever. So what happened was uh, the police officers attempted to request identification from Janusz Kapsinski, and that apparently caused him to run, which generally is a bad idea when it comes to dealing with the police. I mean, I understand you want to get away from the cops. They are dangerous. But when you run away from them, they do tend to get a little upset. And so uh, I'm not saying he was wrong. I I just think that's just what happens is the cops get upset when you run from them and they they presume things about you. Well, I think they they have the sort of uh, the the quote unquote right to presume things, um, you know, as as a result. The law says that they have the power to presume things when uh, when you you run. Police made chase and one officer was grazed by a CTA bus during the pursuit, (laughs) creating non-life-threatening abrasions. That the officer suffered, and apparently the fact that the officer was grazed by the bus means that Kopsinski could then be charged with misdemeanor, excuse me, with felony resisting arrest instead of misdemeanor resisting arrest. He testified in court he meant to harm no one and was found guilty of aggravated battery to a police officer and resisting arrest in the incident. He faced up to seven years in prison, charges further elevated in light of a 2007 arrest for battery to police where Kopsinski was found guilty but mentally ill. Uh, and he was he ended up being sentenced to three years in prison. So this man is basically going to jail to prison for saying something that the mayor didn't like and that the police didn't like and then not sticking around to talk to the police when they attempted to identify him. I 
you know, it doesn't. It, it seems like a violation of the First Amendment to me. Now, I don't think a person should. You know, you know, I get why the police went after him and that kind of thing. But did they? You know, they asked him for his ID. I don't get why the police went after him. Besides the fact they just want to harass somebody that no, they doesn't like, like they like the to chase system. people that run. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, but they went after him in the first place. That's what happens when you run from predators. No doubt about that. But what happened in the first place? There's no excuse for them going after him in the first place. There's no excuse for them trying to identify him. All he did was say something they didn't like. Yeah, and I mean, they don't have a right to get the ID either. No, that's what I'm saying. So I mean, the question police- really is is you know, does a man have a right to run on the sidewalk? And certainly the evidence is that um, if they didn't ask him for something that was, you know, legitimately that they could legitimately ask for. Right. And if they didn't have him under arrest for something at the time that he ran, then technically, could it really be considered evading arrest? Again, according to the story, he was found guilty of aggravated battery to a police officer, which must have to do with the CTA bus uh, running into oh, that's him or right. whatever, and then resisting arrest. Yeah, well, so, but what was he being arrested for? It's not illegal to say "f you" to the mayor, is it? It sh- certainly shouldn't be. It's good evidence. Is uh, it yeah. illegal to say "f you" to you? No, and it shouldn't be. But it's one of the things that's absolutely clear is that professional police officers are supposed to be trained to be able to handle naughty language. You know, if you're if you're a professional officer and somebody rolls down the street, flips the bird at you, and says "f you pig." You're supposed to be able to take it and not go off and, you know, shoot somebody or beat somebody or put them in handcuffs and take them to jail because they said something you don't like. This is something I've been told by officers. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree. Obviously, I mean, I don't, this doesn't make any sense to me, but we have seen circumstances where they arrest people for resisting arrest, but they don't tell you what they've arrested you for. So, I mean, I'm, I'm unsurprised, but seems wrong. I mean, you know, if an officer is chasing after you when he didn't have the right to demand an ID. Now, they do have, as I understand, the power, according to the Supreme Court, to demand that you identify yourself. You have mm-hmm. to, to give your name. Um, and then but if they ask for an ID, then, you know, that's I, I, I don't get it. Yeah. A man's got a right to run. He doesn't have the he doesn't have the obligation to provide an ID. The police officers chased after him when he wasn't under arrest for and he anything. He wasn't charged with with uh, he wasn't charged with evading. Or anything like that. So he wasn't under. It sounds to me like he wasn't under arrest at the time that he ran. Of course, he's uh, been a Liel, probably not able to uh, defend himself very well. And so, you know, there you go. There you go, indeed. Eight five five four. It's a shame that they always put the mug shots on the on these stories because a mug shot is not very flattering, and his isn't that bad. No, but it's the, not that bad. The one you were just looking at with the preacher guy, the Creflo Dollar. Right. I mean, his he he looked like a jerk. Yeah. But it was his mugshot, and usually when you get arrested, you're in a pretty bad mood. So, you know, it's it's a shame that they, whenever they tell a story, they always put the big picture of this really angry-looking guy up there. Because I automatically thought, well, he looks guilty. <laughs> 855-450-FREE allows you to take control of the airwaves here as uh, we continue. Uh, Julia, you had a story for us a while back about a, a blogger in North Carolina who is a food blogger, and you're kind of you kind of follow some of the food blogs out there. I uh, do. So. I I didn't follow this guy's blog, but I follow a lot of nutrition blogs out there. I like them, and so this kind of caught my eye. You're not into the whole paleo thing, though. I'm not. I'm into real food. That's my diet. I eat real food. Got it. So I and I eat not so real bacon food is okay. too. 
Sometimes, sure. Yeah. I don't think bacon for every day for every meal is mm-hmm. okay, but I don't think really anything except maybe some vegetables is okay for every meal every day. So you found this blog through like other blogs? No, no, no. I didn't. I've never been to this blog. Mm-hmm. I saw this article because people in the blog world were talking about it. So Got I've it. never been to this guy's blog. Um, a North Carolina man was told by the state-run North Carolina Board of uh, Di- Dietetics and Nutrition to stop giving online dietary advice to diabetics via his personal blog has filed a federal lawsuit against the group for violating his free speech rights. <laughs> As we reported, now, some people, some diabetics have said that this, you know, these paleo diets have cured their diabetes. So people, I've amazing. heard people say that on um, with a variety of. Diets like uh, I'm trying. Uh, I think forks over knives. That's like a vegan okay. documentary. They say the same thing, um, and they have people on there who say the same thing. So basically, as far as I can tell, eating real food seems to be the key. Like no matter which diet you choose, if you eat stuff that isn't processed, if you drop the cans and the boxes of food, then that you typically find on American grocery store shelves. It seems to be very good for you. I wouldn't propose to know what's going to uh, fix uh, anyone's diabetes, but you know that the other people's, uh, you know, whatever their diagn- whatever happened with them is valid for them. Right. So this guy was relating some of those stories, or was was actually advocating a certain lifestyle. Um, he doesn't choice. advocate lifestyle. He actually has like a disclaimer on the top mm-hmm. of his blog that says, "I'm not a doctor." Uh, he tells stories. He tells his story about what happened to him. I think other people get on there and share their story about what what happened to them. Similar stories, which is supposed to be completely legal. I mean, yes. for people to be able to say uh, to tell their story. Eight five five four fifty free is the SACL CAI toll free line. Maybe you've had a run in with the Department of Health or the FDA. In this case, it's kind of like almost like a state uh, FDA. Yes. That is coming after him here and saying, you got to take your blog offline, buddy, or otherwise change all of the content to satisfy us. It's Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters? And sellers too. Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com. Take control of the airwaves and dial in toll free 855 CAI toll free line 1 3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian and Julia. And Mark. We invite you over to the website. You can watch, listen, and chat with other Free Talk Live listeners over in the Free Talk Live Cam room page. Go to cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com. It's free. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute up, uh, up to the minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. It's freedomsphoenix.com. All right, so we continue here, 855-453. Uh, Julia, you're updating us on a case regarding the blogger in North Carolina who, and by the way, does it mention what his blog is? Yes, his name's Stephen Cooksey. 
And his blog is diabetes-warrior.net. That's right, diabetes-warrior.net. And this guy was threatened by a North Carolina board of some sort of health regulation. They told him, you are in violation of our code and you must change your website. You must pull down, essentially... It was years of... Post after like, right, lots and telling of, him to restructure three years worth of posts. Right, like you, you can't generally when it comes to uh, treatments that are not the accepted medical treatment, uh, unique uh, homeopathic or naturopathic or these alternative uh, treatments that are out there. You can't you know, make a claim. You, right, you can't say this cures diabetes. And whether he was saying something that was that blatant or not, I don't know. I haven't read his blog. I haven't either, but I did just read this and I thought it was a little interesting because I I just can't believe that this sounds like the biggest waste of money ever. So it says here that they proceeded to aggressively comb his website going post by post, line by line, and identifying what it believed to be violations of state law. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, there's just some bureaucrat got paid to sit there and literally read his entire site. I don't want to pay for that. I don't live in North Carolina. They do the same thing to my cr- website. Yeah, Really? Freekeen.com. Absolutely. They're, Brad Jardis, uh, who's here on every other Thursday night, former cop, says that he knows for a fact there are government bureaucrats who are paid to surf around all the free stater and liberty uh, activist websites in New Hampshire. That is such a waste of money. Yeah, but think about it. If, it's, if you're the government bureaucrat, it's a pretty sweet deal. That sounds like an awesome job. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surfing. Haven't found anything. Whatever. Right. <laughs> well, this looks like a link to porn. Can I have to check that out? It's part of the site. Must have to, I guess. So uh, you can, uh, again, here, share your thoughts. I'm but watching their Facebook timeline. Appears to be playing Angry Birds. This guy I'm going to have to check that out, too. Hasn't. This Angry guy, Birds. <laughs> the blogger in this case has not. Uh, he has not capsized. No. He has not done as he's been told. Actually, the reason this caught my eye was because... Get capitulated, that would be better. Capsized. Capsized. It's like tip a boat up upside down. down. Yeah, right. <laughs> the reason this caught my eye is because the headline they used says, Cooksey refuses to bow down to the state. So I thought Excellent. that was a nice way of wording it. Um, so he never claimed to be a registered dietitian and detailed plainly on his website that he was not officially certified. His readers, in other words, were fully aware that the information presented simply reflected his own personal experience, which led to a complete reversal of his diabetic con- uh, condition and that's an interesting point since he's not licensed by this board how can their regulatory structure apply to him it's a good question they probably would like him to be licensed right or well, well right well, of course they'd love him to be licensed they just wanted to capitulate but the idea being like well I, I suppose if you're not licensed by the liquor commission they still aren't going to let you sell liquor uh but i that, that is a, that's something i wonder about this since when did it become illegal to tell people to eat meat and vegetables, asked Cooksey in a recent interview with the Associated Press. How is it illegal to tell people not to eat grains? We're talking about healthy eating. This is wrong. You know, on the uh, one good side of this is the dude's getting all kinds of publicity. You know, it's true. Uh, I hadn't heard of his website. But I'm bothered by the fact that they... I, I mean, I understand why they're doing it because it seems more absurd that he's just basically telling people to eat meat and vegetables and... You know, it's working for him. But if some guy wants to start a blog that is about how you need to eat junk food and that's good for you, I mean, that's his business. I don't think that should be illegal either. (laughs) He probably isn't going to get a lot of supporters, but I find it disturbing that on these websites they always kind of take that that position like, well, since he's being healthy, you shouldn't uh, I should be allowed to do this. 
It bothers me. One of the things I think is interesting about his site is diabetes-warrior.net. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Is that it doesn't actually have any um, posts since May 12th. And I'm looking here and it doesn't seem like he's really... Okay, he does have a post about it. I've received a letter from the North Carolina Board of Nutrition and Dietitians. He posted about it back on April 27th, but actually hasn't posted an update since then. You'd think that he would post a little more often about what his, his current situation was for his Who knows readers. if he's dealing with them at all. I mean, you know, the government, <laughs> the government's slow. They are slow, that's true. But he has filed this federal lawsuit, which is something that has developed. That's the update in the case. As we talked about this case originally when it went down, when they told him to take his site offline. And uh, it was obviously an outrageous story about you know censorship of blogs and free speech. And now that he's filed a, a countersuit against these bureaucrats in federal court, it would seem like that would be worthy of an update uh, on the blog. That's all I'm saying. Well, this is fairly new, so maybe, I don't know, maybe he's still dealing with filing the paperwork. I have no idea what it takes to file a federal lawsuit, but it sounds annoying and time-consuming. No doubt. So uh, I guess anything else you want to share about that? Uh, not really. Um, it says here... Uh, that he's filed the federal lawsuit, um, NCBDN, that's the Alphabet Soup Agency, the uh, FDA for North Carolina, and several of its board members are reportedly named as defendants in the case, which continue to receive national atten- attention. Meanwhile, his website is still up and running and still contains plenty of useful information about his un conventional dietary approach that has helped many. Good for him. I'm glad they didn't decide to put pressure on the uh, the internet service provider or the hosting provider in the case of whoever it is that's providing the, the web, sp- uh, web space for him here. Because in a lot of cases, if the government wants to shut down a website, that's all they have to do is send a letter, an intimidating letter, to whoever it is that uh, he's leasing space from. Odds are good he's got a server somewhere that, uh, or space on a server somewhere. And that server company, they don't want to deal with a lawsuit. They don't want to deal with lawyers. They nope. would just as soon just go ahead and shut an account off rather than um, take any kind of legal risk for a customer. I'm happy to see that he didn't bow down because I remember when we read the article, I said, you know, what he should do is not bow down. Mm -hmm. And I just assumed that he would because most people people do. do, And I totally understand why. But this is a huge case. I mean, I I really think this is an important case because you're dealing with a, a, a real free speech claim. You should be able to make claims, I think. And you should be ready to have your claims vetted. You should be ready to have them questioned. And outed as perhaps misinformed or perhaps lies. Because I think a lot of people that pass on information, especially in the alternative medicine world and even in the allopathic uh, traditional medicine world, they're just passing on things they've heard. They're not necessarily telling lies. They're not trying to mislead or, or misinform anyone. They, they probably truly believe in the system that they believe works, and they're just spreading their belief systems. There's, that's not – even if it's misinformation, it's not necessarily telling lies. Oh, you know, either your diabetes is gone from eating the diet or not. Well, maybe it was I mean, from the, the diet. The worst thing that could happen from eating meat and vegetables? I mean, tell me, the worst thing that could happen here. This isn't a snake oil salesman. Toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. But my point being, there's plenty of snake oil on the market. Let it be. Let people make decisions for themselves. We don't need these government bureaucrats ruling us. It's Free Talk Live. 
Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and 2XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number for you, 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features. We've got a lot of stuff there. Listening options included, news updates, Shrine of Female listeners, archives. It's all free. Go and enjoy over at freetalklive.com. And one of the ways you can enjoy Free Talk Live is through internet streaming. Uh, we've mentioned to you our broadband, our mid-band, and narrow-band versions of the show. But how do you tune those in? Well, obviously, there's always the computer option, but you can't really take a computer and put it in your kitchen. You can't build a computer for every room of your house. It would be prohibitively expensive, and it's entirely unnecessary. If what you want to do is listen to Internet radio, you need to get an Internet radio. And we on Free Talk Live would recommend the CC Wi-Fi Internet radio. I recommend anything from C- the C Crane Company because generally you can count on being, uh, you know, v- very well made and the the best you can buy. CCRANE.com is where you can go to learn more about the C Crane Company and their products because they've got more, way more than just the uh, the Wi-Fi Internet radio. That's just one of their great products. I've been using it around here at the LRN.FM studios and it's been great. You can tune in. Of course, Free Talk Live's live streams. You can also tune in LRN.FM and 18,000 other radio stations from around the world. Pandora, Opio, Live 365, MP3 Tunes, the C-Crane, CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio does all of that. And you can put it wherever it is you get a, you can get a Wi-Fi signal. So all over your house. Once again, go to C-Crane.com, C-C-R-A-N-E.com, 855-453-free. Oh, and by the way, when you place an order over at ccrane.com for the CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio or perhaps the CC Radio 2 as uh, one of the other products we were talking about recently, you when you place that order, mention Free Talk Live when you check out and get a free flashlight as a result. It's a great little deal. Who doesn't so, need an extra flashlight? Indeed. Let's go to Bill listening in Jackson, Mississippi to WPBQ. Hey, Bill. Hi, guys. What's on your mind tonight, uh, Bill? I'm just listening in on this case that you were referring to, and that brings up another point, well, an allied point that, that is... I'm have always been for the uh, partial deregulation of what I would call organized medicine, because the grassroots, the general public, is now realizing that uh, mainstream medicine is corrupt with the uh, FDA in, in, in cooperation with uh, organized uh, pharmaceuticals, causing uh, experimental deaths. And you look look across the, the track record of the past several years. Look look at all the uh, drugs that have been pulled off the market because of causing just hundreds of thousands of deaths. Mm, the right. question is, how many deaths can be attributed to uh, naturopathic medicine and uh, medical nutrition? And the answer, of course, is zero. 
Well, I think that I, I think that there's you know, in defense of uh, the uh, you know the, the the sort of allopathic is um, you know I mean you look at Steve Jobs who decided that he was going to go the naturopathic way and then at the end of his life uh, said that he wishes that he would have uh, taken the cancer more seriously and gone to you know what real doctors or whatever terminology he used. So I do think that it's possible that one can attempt to treat one's disease with uh, you know sort of natural cures and it fails. And I, I feel like that's something you should be put in the uh, the column of the naturopathic medicine. That, that's true, but but you have to look at the direction he went. He went in some direction that, that is definitely unproven. If he had if he had gone the direction of, of uh, medical nutrition, that would have probably never happened. Because in the past one hundred years, just do a, a, a Google search or a Yahoo search of Doctor Royal Rice R I S E, and he actually had a proven cure. And he was a doctor. But he wasn't an MD, but he was a researcher, and he had proof in uh, California of, I forget how many uh, terminal cancer patients that he had actually cured with, uh, with the machine that he had to isolate uh, microbes and, and the cancer cells. And, and, uh, uh, and, and that, if it's true, if those claims are true, uh, he wouldn't uh, be able to make those claims publicly because the federal government would come in and shut him down. Well, he had support in, among the, the local medical community until the AMA and some others uh, got wind of it, and they came in there and stuffed the whole thing. Bottom line, he had to get out of the country, and, and he, he died uh, in, in, in South America of, of, an, of an alcoholic and a, a drug case, whereas an associate of his stayed and tried to fight it, and he was imprisoned. But they had documented cases where his machine actually worked, and the criminality of the of the organized uh, uh, pharmaceuticals is well known. Well, right, and the AMA it, is nothing more than just another cartel, uh, just like any regulatory uh, pro regulation agency or group of uh, business owners. These are these these are people that have been in a certain business for a long time. They have an exclusive club that they've created, whether it's the AMA or the Bar Association or whoever it is we're talking about. They have an ex- exclusive right. club, and they have a deal with the government to make sure that no one else can create a competing club. And so right. that uh, these people basically restrict the supply of doctors to the marketplace, the AMA that is. They restrict the supply of doctors, meaning that uh, d- d- the, the value of a doctor is artificially increased because there aren't as many for the population as the population of the marketplace would otherwise desire and so therefore it's uh, it's just an absolutely unfair marketplace as a result of this cartel uh, cartel well, situation what well, well, i think i have been associated with something that I, I won't mention the name on the air but uh the particular company that i've been working with for the past 12 years i've seen just remarkable uh results both personally and with others around around us that have gotten on the same thing and this company has been the only nutritional company that's ever been able to sue the FDA, and they sued them eight times and won. So there is something to it. And, you know, we have we have a, a, a steamroller effect, and I, I think we're going to make it. Bill, thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you tonight out there. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI. Calls made by Free Talk Live. Callers do not necessarily reflect the beliefs of the hosts on Free Talk Live. Right. I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe this uh, Dr. Reif can cure cancer. I've certainly heard many claims uh, using his name in the past. Mm -hmm. I am dubious, but, you know, whatever. People seem to believe it. Uh, But ultimately, I think it's your body and you should be able to treat it 
however you want. I agree with that, and I think that there's a lot of people out there that look at these claims and they say, well, that sounds like nonsense. These people shouldn't be able to make those claims. You need to have proof. You need to make sure that the claims are 100% verified and double-checked and triple-checked. And uh, I I tend to... uh, disagree with that. I think that people are already making all kinds of outrageous claims all over the place. I think well, that people need to be buyer beware that, and be very careful with yeah, what they're I, I getting think into. That, I think that if people make fraudulent claims, that they should be held accountable for those things. So if, for instance, you claim that there was a double-blind uh, study mm-hmm. and, for you know, say, you put it up on your website as a double-blind study and but it wasn't double-blind. you changed some words in it in order to make things look good for your company, but it turns or your product, but it turns out that the double blind study had nothing to do with you or proved it wrong or whatever then that's fraud as far as i'm concerned and somebody should have to you know should have to pony up a a good chunk of change for that but i don't think that the fda by any stretch is the uh, is the 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 last uh, bastion of truth and justice when it comes to to making claims i think it's if somebody you know if you want a double blind study for your medicine i get it and companies that provide it would get your business. And I'm sure that that's true for lots of people. I like those kind of studies. That makes sense to me. But I don't think it needs to go through the FDA in order for it to be true. Have you seen the the Penn and Teller show BS, right? Sure. Bull S. Uh, it's a great program. I highly recommend, if y'all haven't seen it, that you go and check it out. But there are a number of episodes that deal with some really kind of questionable alternative therapies. I think there is an actual episode that's totally dedicated to that, and it kind of shows up in other places as well yeah. throughout the series. But they always focus on just absolutely ridiculous and uh, completely unbelievable concepts and products that are being pitched to people and are being pitched to people with all manner of testimonials. There are ways to get around uh, the laws. So, for instance, if you've got a product and you want people to believe that it cures diabetes, you have somebody who had diabetes or who's willing to claim they did uh, make the claim that this product cured them that, uh, or that they, you know, they had diabetes, then they used this product, and now they don't have diabetes anymore. There are ways to get around the actual prohibition on the certain words you can't say about things. That the, the, It's no longer a claim about the product. It's just a testimonial about what somebody, somebody's experience was while they were using the product, which, of course, is in no way scientific. It's just a case study. Uh, but if you have enough people with testimonials, it makes it sound like you've got something that's really unique when you might just have a placebo effect. There's more coming up here at 855-450-FREE. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. We have enough time for you and your thoughts. If you dial in now, 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. We invite you over to freetalklive.com. You can interact with uh, the show there, freetalklive.com. Different things for you to get involved with, all brought to you completely free. One of the ways you can support the show is by shopping with us. You go to shop.freetalklive.com, and that's where you'll find links 
to Amazon, different Amazons, Amazon UK, Canada, US. Pick the Amazon of your choice and then get whatever it is you're looking for because Free Talk Live will get a portion of the purchase price when you start your shopping experience through shop.freetalklive.com. That's shop.freetalklive.com. We go to Chris in Portland. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live listening via the TuneIn app. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, Chris. I wanted to get your guys' take uh, you know, on healthcare reform. Okay. Um, you know, I've, I've looked into this for you know many, many years now, and I can really only come to one logical conclusion. And, uh, you know, that's a universal single payer. I mean, it's been demagogued, you know, time and again as, you know, socialized medicine, the end of, you know, medicine as we know it. But, you know, I come to think of it, we actually already have a socialized medical system in this country. It's called TRICARE. And, uh, you know, my, um, my brother is a former veteran. He provides for, uh, you know, his disabled daughter. And, you know, all the doctors are, you know, paid by the government. And he loves it. In fact, I think based on patient survey, I think TRICARE has the number one rate of satisfaction of any healthcare system, uh, you know, system slash country, um, you know, well, in this country um, altogether. What's your guys' take? Well, I'd have to say that um, you know, in if if somebody the single payer system suggests that somebody has a right to healthcare, right? Correct. So, if somebody has a right to healthcare, like they have a right to free speech, then somebody must be obligated to provide them that healthcare, correct? Correct. So, if um, I am obligated to provide healthcare to someone else, how was that obligation created, and am I that person's slave? Uh, that. Uh Say that one more time. How was the obligation created that I owe health care to someone else, and am I that person's slave? Uh, not that person's slave in the fact that, you know, like we the people, we as a society would come together. And just like we do with, um, you know, the fire department, just like we do with, you know, with public safety and things. I mean, I could never... I mean, the idea is to spread the risk. I could never, you know, as an individual, I'm a middle-class citizen, if my house burned down or if I caused a 15-car pileup on my interstate and, you know, my local government sent me, you know, a $100,000 bill, which which easily, you know, isn't, you know, that far off. Do you buy insurance? Uh, what's that? Do you buy insurance? I mean, you just talked about a 15-car pileup and a house fire as if one can't buy insurance for those things. Uh, well, the idea would be, well, you, you bring up insurance. I mean, the idea would be to spread the risk in that's the what largest does. possible. I can't think of anything. That's what insurance, that's what does, insurance on does on a consensual basis. On a consensual basis. Correct. But, I mean, do, I mean we, we do the same thing with, you know, with public safety. I mean, with health care, why can't there be... Now, one of the reasons that health care has shot up in costs recently is because, essentially, remember, now there's Medicare... Medicaid, there's this TRICARE, there's, um, and then every other, pretty much every other industrialized nation on earth have these, uh, you know, these, uh, the government, these government programs that take care of these people. So essentially, what it's done is it's shoved down the cost of, uh, you know, uh, R&D on the people that uh, don't have this socialized medicine, which is getting to be a smaller and smaller pool. That's the reason that costs are going up and up. And I question, now it's important to have innovation in medicine. And my question to you would be when you have finally the largest market in the world, the United States switches over to socialized medicine, and then they're trying to drive down the costs like every other, uh, you know, Western nation is doing. Where is the R&D going to come from? Where is the I, I missed that last part. R and D, research and development. Where are the oh, funds I, to do R and D going to come from? 
Well, I think it can, can uh, and I understand that, you know, pharma, pharmaceutical, private pharmaceuticals make up for, I think, what is it, 90, 90%. Um, but, I mean, if you could expand, you know, perhaps some academia, you know, encourage folks to, you know, step outside of, you know, perhaps only dedicating, uh, you know, the research in, in, you know, in the private industries, maybe there could be, um, I mean, there are several ways that you could drive costs down. I mean, I think social... Not if the government's in charge, you can't drive right. costs down. Uh, what, what government program have costs been driven down in? Uh, there has, well, uh, for example, uh, Medicare and Social Security um, are one. As long as you brought the, you know, the payroll tax cut, it would be solvent essentially to infinity. Right. Well, I mean, you, you, but you're still talking about the, you know, Medicare, Social Security is a great example of mediocrity. Um, I mean, you know, any other retirement fund I want to put my money in, I can get a much better return than I can get from Social Security, but I'm forced pretty much in order to, uh, to you know, participate in it. And I guess my question would be this. I don't want your government socialized medicine. I'm not interested in it. What, how big is my jail cell? Uh, well, I mean, I, I suppose that if you didn't want to, you know, participate in the government system, I, you know, I guess we wouldn't force you. I'm not a big fan of Obamacare, by the way. I don't, uh, I don't think that, you know, tax penalties are... Oh, know, so there's an opt-out? Uh, no, I said I'm not, I'm not a fan. Oh, are you saying if we, if we got universal single-payer... If we fun? had it your way, can I okay. opt-out? Uh, uh, sure, I mean... Okay, great. I mean, I uh, wait, would want to, can but, I opt-out of Social Security, too? Uh, well, why, I mean, that's like Can I opt out of the wars that these uh, politicians want to fight around the world? Uh, yeah. Well, awesome. I guess I, I'm for know. this governmental system you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, sounds great. As long as I can I'm opt out. out of this stuff, and because I'm not interested in it, then that's awesome. Do I get to work? Example. Do I get to continue to work and make money to feed my family when I opt out? Because obviously I could opt out by not working, right? Correct. Okay. I mean, look. I like to, from a pragmatic standpoint, I have a cousin right now. He's 39 years old, and he is battling leukemia. I mean, absolutely devastated. Uh, you know, he's dying. Well, you know, if he if he doesn't survive his cancer, uh, luckily he does. You know, he he does qualify for Medicaid services, and he receives a lot of these treatments um, virtually at no cost to him. You know, I'm saying to myself, what would you know, someone like my cousin, for example, what would he do um, if there wasn't Medicaid. I mean, give me one charity that's going to pay for fifteen thousand dollar per session chemotherapy. Well, right well considering now. that fifty percent of American, fifty uh, percent of the average American's paycheck goes to some form of government or another, or is eaten up in regu- government regulations, I would say that there'd be a lot more charities where, if the government wasn't involved so deeply in our lives, well, I mean, that's there'd be true. a lot more and, money to, to pass around. Well, and the charities would do a better job with the money than the governmental uh, redistribution programs right. do. What government program does? as well as a charity is right. the question so, I'd ask you. So the charities would be more efficient with the money that would be donated, so therefore it could be as many as four to eight times more effective, meaning you wouldn't need as near as much money to be put in for the same kind Already of Already kids with leukemia get taken care of. I mean, you know, how much how much more money do, uh, does the average person need in their pocket in order for everybody to be taken care of with leukemia? Well, and Mark, you also glossed over some really important points earlier about why, govern- why healthcare is so expensive. It's not just because there are socialist systems elsewhere in the world, but it's also because this system is 
mostly government run, mostly government I did. Control. I pointed out Medicare, Medicaid. But there's more than that. There's the FDA, and there's all kinds of regulations. That's on, regulation. It's not really socialism. There's increased costs, though. I'm t- what I'm Certainly. talking about is why health care is expensive. So the question that uh, Chris is asking here is, well, how can you afford $15,000 chemo treatments? Well, the point being, if we didn't have all these government regulations being crammed down the health care industry's throat, then we'd have more competition. There would be more development. There'd be more in- industriousness. There would be you know, more innovation. And as a result of that, you'd see costs dropping rather than increasing over time. But Chris, I want to make sure you can uh, get your thoughts out here. So go ahead. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I think, I mean, it, it's really, I mean, you can look at it from all angles, like, you know, small government, you know, free market solutions. But I think of the, you know, 24 OECD countries. I mean, we're the only country left, like you were saying, that is literally a crime, you know, to, to have for-profit, you know, I guess, critical care. In Europe, you can buy insurance that, you know, you get better hospital treatment, dent, you know, dental treatment, things like that. But, I mean, if, if you or I, you know, heaven forbid, you know, got cancer, I mean, there's one of two, you know, one of two options that we have. I mean, it's going to be a very expensive, you know, venture, a couple, couple of million dollars, for example. Uh, well, you know, and- this is the, the same excuse they made during the slave times about who's going to pick the cotton is the same excuse you're making. You're making arguments on uh, sort of, uh, you know, well, well how's it going to work? What's going to happen? The utility of the situation. Well, I, I talked to you about the morality of the situation. I have no obligation now I'm not will I'm willing to help and I have I, I spent a, you know a great deal of my money goes to charity because I believe they're better at dealing with money than the government certainly more money than I give to the government on an income tax form I give to charity but you know what's the obligation I have to somebody with leukemia uh, thanks uh, Chris appreciate your call tonight been Ian here with you and Julia and Mark. And, yeah, I don't mind helping folks either. I just don't want people to be forced into a a situation or a system that is undesirable to them. And as long as Chris doesn't want to force people, then that's great. But we all know that Chris isn't going to be in charge of the universal health care program. No Bureaucrats will be, and they absolutely will use force on you. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at (laughs) freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right. It's another edition of the Edgington Post here on uh, Free Talk Live. And my name's Mark Edge, and I'm, uh, today I'm with Kyle Olson. Kyle, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Now, Kyle, I've uh, got got a little information here with one of my um, you know PR services that uh, you know there's a, a blurb, I guess, that uh, you've written here, and uh, you know with all the stuff going on with Occupy Wall Street and everybody talking about the one percent and the ninety nine percent, you wanted to stress that there's uh, the fourteen percent and the eighty six percent. Is that right? That's right. Um, our organization was very active and continues to be active in the state of Wisconsin. Um, we have been uh, Busy there for the last uh, nearly two years talking about um, the situation there and uh, trying to rein in government spending and and, uh, labor unions and those sorts of things. What's your organization? It's uh, Education Action Group, and our website is eagnews.org, where we we blog and write about education issues going on all over the country. And uh, and so we saw this this fight playing out over the last several months in Wisconsin. And um, what we found was it was a lot of government employees protesting outside the state capitol, not just from Wisconsin but all over the country. 
basically saying, you know, how terrible they have it and how we don't pay enough taxes and all of those sorts of things. And so we decided to look at the numbers. And what we found is that the 14% um, that is the, the, the public sector or the government sector of the workforce um, really does have it pretty good compared to the 86% of the, the private sector producer class, as we called it. Well, um, I, 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 I agree with that, and we can go on with that for a second. But wasn't the problem uh, that they that the, the unions had in Wisconsin was that uh, Scott Walker – actually, they, they had made an offer for pay cuts and that Scott Walker had uh, decided to do away with collective bargaining rights in the process? Isn't that what their, their complaint was? No. Uh, well, I mean, what, what their complaint was was that uh, they felt that they were losing power. And um, But if you look at the reforms, what it did was it it actually put power into the, the individual employees' hands where they could decide whether or not they wanted to be a member of, of the union. And the interesting thing is if, if you look at the, the numbers that came out recently, um, huge amounts of, of public employees uh, decided that they didn't want to be a member of the union. Um, for example, members of AFSCME, which is the, the second largest public employee union in the state, two-thirds of their members said, I don't want to be a, a member if, if I'm not required to at, by state law. I mean, that was, that was a choice that Scott Walker gave them. And, uh, and there were many reforms that the unions didn't like because what it did was it, it gave individual employees power to choose. Right. Uh, so this is, a, you know, the right to work thing. You know, they can unionize, but uh, only the people that wish to unionize unionize. Well, it was it's not right to work um, as it's traditionally defined. Um, I, I guess you could say that, uh, I mean, it's, it's probably a form of right to work in the sense that it required unions to go to their members and say, do you want to continue, you know, being a member? Um, it prevented government from collecting um, uh, dues from paychecks and those sorts of things, and so to me, that's what the fight was really about. Gotcha. Uh, it was about the loss of of union power. Now, um, and this eighteen, uh, excuse me, it was fourteen percent and eighty six percent that you were uh, referring to, as far as uh, government employees um, in the workforce, and uh, then sort of the eighty six percent of uh, you know the producer class and. You know, I was kind of I was wondering about this number, and I wouldn't doubt for a second that fourteen percent of the population works for the government. But you know, what I think about is how do people that say work in you know a, a family where one person works for the government and the other person doesn't, how do they feel about uh, government programs and how or you know and and you know government unions and uh, public sector unions I should say, and that kind of thing, and how do people that work for companies that work for the government because there's a lot of contractors out there too and i figure if you start figuring in everybody who kind of gets something from the government one way or the other um or you know something large uh, a substantial portion of their uh, their sustenance comes from the government you're probably talking about something much much larger than 14 percent wouldn't you think yeah probably um, but what we looked at is the peop- the amount of people, the 14% of the entire workforce that actually work for the government. So in terms, if if you you know extend that out, I, I suppose if you look at families, you know spouses or or uh, other family members or whatever, I mean. Uh, you probably are talking about a bigger amount, sure. I've heard the number of 50% of the American population in some way or another gets, you know, the, the lion's share of their, um, you know, a good portion of their, their pay, um, you know, in one way or another, the the money that they take in from the government. And that's sure. a big, big number. Um, you know, I mean, it it 
it puts us, the producing class, in less than half. Sure. Well, and, and we're, I think we're seeing that um, with, with uh, what President Obama has done in terms of um, welfare programs and, and lowering the standards for um, food stamps and those sorts of things. Uh, the, the amount of people that are relying on the government for some form of, of benefit, um, whether it's uh, an unemployment check or it's a, a you know, welfare check or food stamps or whatever it is, that number has grown. And so, of course, that puts additional pressure on the private sector producer class to keep producing um, so we can, so the government can stay afloat. Um, but then, you know, going back to Wisconsin, what Scott Walker did was he said, you know, we can't continue on this course that we're on. And so what he did was he reined in correct collective bargaining, but then he also uh, took the additional step and said, um, we're going to give the tools to um, local governments uh, primarily school districts, uh, to spend dollars more efficiently um, and have more power over how those dollars are being spent. Because, uh, you know, the, there was a big focus on, on the, the amount of money that he cut from K-12 education. Mm-hmm. Um, but what he did was he said, uh, based on the tools that we're giving you, you shouldn't need the, the, ro- the current level of resources that we're currently giving you. And so they cut those. But see, what's been happening in many other states is they simply just cut that amount of money that they're giving, but they don't give school districts or cities or townships or whoever um, the tools to be able to rein in those costs. And so it really, it was a, it was a two-edged sword, if you will, um, that he gave local school districts so they could bring those costs in line. Now, um, when I, you know, think about the situation in um, in, in Wisconsin, I know that what some thirty percent or something like that of union members voted for Scott Walker's uh, reelection. Some number like thirty eight. Thirty-eight. Yeah, so we're, we're up to almost forty percent of uh, union members uh, voted for Scott Walker to um, to be reelected. I, I and and you know, to me, that's a real surprise when you're talking about cu- public sector unions, but. You know, when you think about the um, the the private sector workforce, maybe I think it's six percent of people are uh, you know unionized in the private sector, but it's more than fifty percent are unionized in the public sector. Um, so, I mean, when you're talking about unions, you're mostly talking about public sector unions and these uh, you know the relationship that they have with uh, the taxpayer is entirely different than the relationship that private sector unions have with uh, you know management and Roosevelt right. uh, drew a strong distinction between uh, between these two at when you know during his administration he didn't believe that that was a the, that you know unionization among government employees was a was a good thing at all so I, I'm I mean, what was? Do we have any idea what the public sector unions, how those numbers split out versus the private sector unions, or did everybody just rally around each other? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, so many times they try to collapse these two things, and I think that they're different. They are different, um, but no, I, I did not see a breakout of, of or a distinction of the two. Um, but I mean, we we have talked to uh, many um, teachers who are still required to be members of the union simply because. Their contracts were extended, um, and, and which called for you know the requirement that they still are members. But uh, I mean, we, we've talked to lots of teachers around the state that you know were uh, were and are unhappy with how their union was operating, mm-hmm. and and they say you know we look at what's going on in the private sector and we see that you know people are paying thirty percent of their health insurance, um, or they're they're kicking in a substantial amount towards their pension. 
And that's what we as, as public employees should be doing as well. Um, but instead, what their union was doing was saying, no, we're not going to do anything. Um, you know, this is your problem, school board, you figure it out. But, but I think there's an important distinction, too, between private, u- private sector unions and public sector unions. Because I, I, I think that there always is this kind of un, uh, invisible hand that's operating in the private sector where if a, if a UAW, for example, goes to the big three and says, hey, we want this and this and this, and uh, they bankrupt the company, well, they have no jobs. Right. And so there's there's this invisible hand that kind of you know draws the line as far as what they can demand and what they will receive, um, because the the car company can't just say okay we'll give you that and then go you know increase their their car uh, price by twenty percent because it's it's a market, and the same but but that uh, that does not apply to the public sector because what happens oftentimes is that the the government union will uh, go out and elect the people um, who will then turn around and sit on that school board and negotiate that contract. And, uh, and then if, if you know, they don't have enough money, then they'll go out and raise property taxes or they'll go to the state capitol and they'll, they'll uh, you know, lobby for an increased uh, sales tax or some way to increase taxes in order to continue paying for the, the, the benefits and the salaries and all of those things. And so it's this fundamentally corrupt system in the public sector that needs to be dealt with. Yeah, to some extent, this is what you've seen in um, you know states like Illinois, and especially Detroit is a really good example. I mean, this was uh, the city of Detroit was the the Fabian socialist model um, of you know how a city was supposed to work, and I mean the the place is it's a bombed out disaster area now, right. and. You know, I mean, this is the the only thing that a person can do if the taxes become too onerous. You know, if uh, if the unions get in control, and it's not just unions. I mean, it's all government bureaucrats. <laughs> but if right. they, if they they boost up uh, spending to the point that you know, they threaten to take your house away if you're not able to pay, so it's all you can do is sell it, or in the case of Detroit, walk away from it, um, right. and you know, go live someplace else. Right. Yeah, and I live in Michigan, and I've got to tell you, um, I mean, Detroit has been a drain on the state for years. It's going to be some more. Um, right, and, and it's primarily because, um, I mean, it's just not a sustainable model. Uh, I mean, the unions have, have largely run the city for years, and, uh, and it's, it's finally, unfortunately, catching up with them. Um, but you're right. I mean, it's, it's the same situation in Illinois, um, California, New York, many other states around the country. I mean, this... This model of the unions um, elect the, the school board or the, the legislature or the county council or whatever, and then those people, their friends that they just elected, turn around and negotiate the contract with, the, with you know, the people that just elected them. I mean, who do you think that they're looking out for? They're certainly not looking out for the, 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 you know, the people paying the property taxes or the sales taxes. They're looking out for the people that just elected them. And uh, and so this has got to be dealt with. And, and Scott Walker is a is a governor that dealt with that. Mitch Daniels in in uh, Indiana is a governor that dealt with that. Um, they got serious about the problem and said, um, you know, this is not a sustainable course, and it's got to change. Now, many people um, out there will say that uh, you know unions are the path to prosperity for the middle class, and that we need to protect unions as a result. What, uh, as you know, in order to uh, protect the middle class, what what is your response to that? Well, I mean, um, that you know, that was a great line fifty years ago, 
but look at look at the point that we are at now, especially when you're talking about the the public sector, the government sector. Um, the the animation that we produce, looking at you know the the government class versus the the producer class. Um, public pay is substantially more than the private sector. Uh, you've got policies like tenure and seniority, which protect uh, people who have been there the longest. Um, you've got uh, a retirement age that in Milwaukee public schools, for example, which is the, the largest district in Milwaukee or in uh, Wisconsin, the average retirement age is 57, which is not the case in, in the in the uh, private sector. Um, more time off, shorter days, um, a, a shorter work year, uh, those sorts of things, and it's just it's vastly different than what you see in the private sector, and um, and and uh, and so what we're showing is that there is this this chasm between the government sector and the private sector, and uh, we've got to do what we can to bring those in line because you look at the pension obligations in in places like uh, Illinois, California, New York, many other states around the country, and they have major major problems that they need to deal with. And the the thing that people don't uh, people don't necessarily know about um, these these pension plans is that it's in the state constitution that it has to be paid for. I mean, you can't just you know declare bankruptcy and say, oh, sorry, you know, we made some promises we couldn't keep. I mean, this is in the state constitution. States are obligated to provide these benefits, and so it's time that that these states and these locales around the country get serious about this problem, um, own up to it, and figure out what they're going to do about it. Now, um, when, you know, I've seen some of these public sector unions have, uh, you know, the, the, their pensions have been hit uh, in news stories. I mean, you know, maybe I'm misinterpreting the news story, but it seems like some of these people have had, uh, you know, benefits cut. Is that right? Well, it, it probably depends on the state. I mean, what you're seeing, um, some states, what they're trying to do is close off the pension system. And basically, you know, any new hirees after a, a certain date will go into a 401k system. But I mean, the, the unions even try and stop that because that's that's just what they do. Um, in Michigan, where I live, uh, the the legislature passed uh, a requirement that employees would pay three percent of their pension. Which, you know, being in the private sector, that I would take. I'd gladly take three percent. No doubt. I think that um, uh, my when I let my last four hundred one k, the largest matching number was twenty uh, percent for every dollar I put in. Yeah, and so the um, but the union sued because and and they claimed well uh, the the state constitution says we don't have to do that. We're not obligated to do that, and they won. And so um, it it they're just it's it just seems like the rules are stacked against the private sector, and uh, and so. What it's taking is uh, governors like Scott Walker who are standing up and saying, we're on an unsustainable course. Uh, we can't continue funding things and, and keeping these policies the way we have them, and we've got to change. And uh, and so what happened was he did that. Uh, Fifteen months later, um, the, the union started a recall campaign against him, and the voters of Wisconsin put him, kept him in office, I should say, uh, with a wider margin than when they first elected him. Out of curiosity on, on, on this recall, does that mean that he now has four more years, or does his uh, term end in the same amount of time? It ends in the same amount of time. Okay, so he just yep. had an extra election tossed in there. Right. Is there some kind they of... have a they have a strange law where they basically have a do-over. So instead of you know just putting the lieutenant governor in the governor's spot if the governor's recalled, they actually have a do-over. 
And so he had the same opponent, um, you know, basically the same sorts of issues going on. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's what it was. Now, um, when when he was able to uh, you know win this um, and and that kind of thing. So does he is he going to have is he going to be able to come back for a second term? What what are the term limits there? Um, if I remember correctly, there are two terms, okay. and so he he will be up for his real re-election in 14. Gotcha. Kyle Olson, I appreciate uh, your time here. Um, can you plug your website again in case people want to get in touch with you? Sure. It's eagnews.org. Empower yourself by trading with value. Visit donttreadonmeme.com. Browse their unique silver dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs. Gift them, keep them, or trade them for something else. They're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free. While you're at it, check out their quality apparel. You'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you. Don't tread on meme. That's don't tread on meme.com.